0: That spirit of activism, I think, is important. You know, to keep alive and to instill in our kids that they should be asking questions, they should be speaking up, they should be operating with confidence. Um, They should be curious. They should be always considering. You know, is this how it should work?
1: And then watching out for others. Which is the whole spirit of a group ride. You're now a guardian. You're now right. a shepherd. If a grizzly bear, a big 2,000-pound metal box comes near you, you got to fight it off somehow. <laughs> and they're seeing me do that. They're seeing me being the, the protector, which makes them feel safe. Right. Biking with my kids on the street has been, I think, a great experience for all of us.
2: This is Nick, and this is Bike Talk. Our guest is Stephen Box.
0: Nick, thanks for having me on for uh, an episode of Dads on Bikes.
2: And I also want to thank
0: you, Nick, for keeping the faith. I don't know how many years it's been, but I think it's been a lot of years that uh, you've kept Bike Talk going. And so uh, we have a special guest here tonight that uh, has been on Bike Talk in the good old days. Ross Hirsch, who uh, I first met probably 15 years ago on a... Midnight Riders uh, ride. I don't know. Maybe it was the Tron ride. But <laughs> uh, it's been many, many, many years, and uh, and Ross has uh, visited the old studio over at on Beverly, and our paths have crossed. But um, I think that uh, around the time that Ross um, was um, organizing a ride called Midday Riders, we kind of lost uh, we kind of lost touch, and it's good to reconnect on uh, dads on bikes and the motivation for dads on bikes, by the way, is to uh, take a look at uh, what happens to activists, bike activists and bike advocates and bike enthusiasts and uh, people bike lovers. Bike.
3: yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> Bikers and cyclers. Bikists and cyclists. So um, the uh, folks that just love to ride. And uh, what happens to folks when, um, you know, when they become uh, parents? And so I know that uh, for me, right, you know, uh, riding a bike and uh, holding a baby was kind of a hard thing to do there for a stretch. And it kind of changed my life a lot in many ways, and all of them good. But um, so we're going to take a look at uh, cyclists, um, advocates and activists and activists. And, uh, and how um, this has changed their perspective and what that has meant for them over the years. So, Ross, uh, when I met you many, many, many years
1: ago, you were an environmentalist lawyer, if I'm not mistaken. Still am an environmental lawyer. Back uh, when we met, I-, I think when we met was, was even way before that. And I want to think it was I saw an article. I've been biking my whole life. I biked to uh, elementary school. Uh, you know, growing up in the 70s bike boom, we all had bikes. I had a bike. My brothers had a bike. My friends had a bike. So if we wanted to go somewhere, we got on our bike, including going to school, uh, campgrounds. We just took our bikes because that's just what we did. So I biked to elementary school. I biked to junior high. I biked to high school. In college, my bike got stolen. So that put a hold on everything. But um, i would just been biking and never with a group. Um, I thought I was the only cyclist here in L.A. because, you know, you, when you bike, when you commute, there's not a whole lot of people biking with you. Uh, and this is in the good old days. Nowadays, you see quite a few people out there biking on the roads. So anyway, we were living in, uh, in Los Feliz, and I picked up a newspaper. I was, you know, looking to, to get a little more involved with the activism because I was an environmental attorney. And I saw it was probably like the Los Feliz ledger, a small paper at the time. I think it was a ledger. And there was an article by a guy named Stephen Box talking about bikes and how cyclists have rights and cyclists, uh, you know, are indicator species. You may not have used that word, but it, that that was the concept. And I said, "Wow, well, who is this Stephen Box?" He's doing just what I want to do. So I started looking up bike activists, and that started. So I don't know where we actually met, but I saw an article by a dude named Stephen Box, and I said, "Who is this guy?" He's. I want to. I want to do what he's <laughs> doing. So led to a, a number of rides we went on uh i remember we did the uh what was the griffith park holiday of lights ride where i think you ended up getting a ticket because they wanted to ban bikes and props to you you put your civil rights on the line by saying no we're gonna do this and they ended up pulling a few of us over and you and me and uh this guy from uh, ramon from the LACBC. and the, he didn't write us tickets he wrote you a ticket and i think you fought it and probably it ended up not going your know. way well, actually, you know, I
0: didn't have a lawyer, um, but I did prevail. Oh, great! And uh, great. Th- they dismissed the ticket, and they dismissed the fees also. Oh, because even when you get a ticket dismissed, they'll st- sometimes still charge you five or ten bucks for the process, yeah. which is kind of crazy. Because you know, you think you won, and they still charge you. You know, um, it's, it's it's interesting that you mentioned that particular uh, Los Feliz Ledger article because um, I don't know that anyone ever wakes up and says, list of things to do. I'm going to make some coffee. I'm going to go to Trader Joe's. I'm going to be an activist. Mm. It, you know, But there's always an inciting incident. And for us, we lived in the same neighborhood. And um, and so NC would, um, and I was riding at the time a lot, and uh, NC got a bike, and she was going to ride down Franklin to mm. um, Vermont Frank. to her acting class. And I was terrified for her because Franklin is just two lanes with a, you know, it, it's just total door zone, and it's very aggressive, and it's very densely, you know, um, traveled. And so, I
1: was so terrified. And became the test road for <laughs> Sherrows of all things. Yeah. Let's let's make Franklin a yeah. test ride for cyclists who right. are maybe not so comfortable to to throw themselves in this two lane thoroughfare to get you know across Mid City, L. A.
0: Yeah. So I would. Um, she was determined though to ride. So I I would ride behind her. Mm. Um, just. To get her there safe, I, I'd rather be hit <laughs> than let them hit her, and then um, and so I would sort of uh, influence traffic, and um, and then ride home. But you know that was very, you know, just us getting from one place to the other and getting home. And then of course there's always that inciting incident, and then you become. An activist because something causes you to cross over and go, well, that's just, okay, that's unacceptable. And so there was a series of that's unacceptable. Tonight, in fact, we we were over at Trader Joe's in Hollywood and I pointed out a couple of unacceptables. You know, some bike racks here, a bike hub (laughs) there. Still doing that. Yeah. (laughs) Still doing (laughs) that. It's sort of (laughs) innate when we see a crappy located bike rack going, what? Come on. Couldn't
1: they have moved that somewhere?
0: Yeah, couldn't they? Um, And they should have. But um, but then. that, that particular um, bike ride, the Festival of Rights, and I know it's such, a, um, it's such a little thing, and yet it's such a big thing. Like, do we have full access to the road?
1: Right, and they tried to ban bikes. They right. said, you know, bikes can't do this because why? There's already too many cars m- backed up miles up Griffith Park Boulevard, so we can't have bikes kind of in there, too, which bikes wouldn't have impacted that any further
0: and yet it was such a fun bike ride oh those were all those were
1: super fun i mean going through it on a bike i think was much better than a car i mean even if you have a convertible i mean going on on a bike was just great yep um so but it was around that time i read that article and i realized look i bike i put my life on the line to do this to get to work my kids had just come along and they were young at that point in time and i figured i have about 13 15 years before they're going to be doing what i'm doing I'd better start now if i want to make those roads safe for them i better start advocating for some change so i think it was it was that article my interest in making the streets safe for kids and my family to be biking on it that it's like we well, the clock is ticking my kids are going to be biking on these roads and i don't want them to die so mm-hmm. props to you for starting that whole thing and uh I think we launched uh, I think a very interesting time not just you and me I mean there right. was you know plenty of more people and there was already the, the Midnight Riders and, and Roadblock and and Alex Thompson Firefly mm-hmm. and we talked about chicken leather off. I mean, there's, there was a lot of people right. involved in the bike scene, and we were just one small little aspect of it. Yeah, it it w- sure was fun to get involved in that at that point in time.
0: And it felt very lonely uh, at the time, you know, just me riding behind NC, and um, and I'm sure others felt the same way. And yet there was a point in time at which I, re- I remember, and this is about 15 years ago when, you know, when for me, oh, bike summer, as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm.
1: 2008, I think?
0: Yeah, so I um, – I don't remember the year but it was a, a that was a point at which I realized there's a lot going on hmm. a lot of things going on a lot of very insulated uh individual or groups doing things and uh we did a, we did a, a community garden tour there was you know some fun events but the point was that there was a lot of people putting the fun back in riding the rough roads of uh, uh, the that's city right. of L.A. And there was a point at which I looked back and thought, and, and w- when I looked around and realized we'd become a movement. Like, we may not know everybody's names. We know each right. other's nicknames.
1: Mm-hmm. Online handles, that's right. right. Twitter, this is the early days of Twitter, too. So I was dude on a bike back then, and I didn't know a lot of people, but I sure knew their little monogram right. icon, yeah.
0: And I was uh, Soapbox, and NC was Act Out, and I remember Will Campbell was the first one to get a Twitter account, (laughs) and he told us what he ate every day, and I (laughs) thought, well, okay, now I totally don't get this. Yeah. Because all I know now is everything Will ate all week long. But, you know, it obviously... He's uh, probably still at it, too, (laughs) (laughs) He's still telling us, had some fried chicken today. Um, But... uh, there was a point at which I realized we'd become a movement, uh, and, and it was actually starting to have sort of a political ramification, if you will, uh, or, uh, or a connection, or it was resonating, not necessarily manifesting itself in a you know, perfect city that looked like Leiden in mm-hmm. the Netherlands. But nevertheless, uh, we had become a movement, including with um, you know, you know, channels of communication, if you will, to support the big story. Uh, that was being told on the road. Man, there was some... uh, We would ride all night long, it seemed.
1: Oh, I mean, I I started... I remember the first midnight ride I went on. um, It was over uh, Pan Pacific Park, I think was the meetup. And I came over the crest of the hill and looking into this bowl where the the park was, seeing just blinky lights as far as I could see. And it was was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. I mean, I, I just felt like... I'm home. I mean, who are all these people here at 10 o'clock at night with their blinky lights on when we're going for a bike ride? Oh, my God, these people exist. That was so much fun. And then, of course, you go on, you know, a first couple rides and then Critical Mass came along and there was a little more activism to it. But gosh, that sure was fun. I mean, that was all of a sudden it's like, wow, I can have like there are parties on bikes and that's great. But the problem for me is I had kids at that point in time that I was very cognizant of the fact that my wife and kids are home yeah. yeah it was a little later so my kids were probably sleeping but I'm being ripped away from my family I usually went with I had a brother that uh, was uh, a was, was was also into bikes just like me um, and we would go for these rides so we'd have a great time but it's like I, I really wanted to do nothing more than get home after a right. short amount of time so I had this sort of dual personality where okay great super fun on bikes but I want to go be with my family so right. what do I do to to bridge that gap and that's what eventually – I read an article like yours, and I reached out to Shay and Liz over at Cycle. Right, that right. was just getting started. And I said, hey, folks, what can we do to, to get, like, parents biking? There are all these awesome things because they started Midnight Riders too. I think there was Women on Wheels, mm-hmm. Women on Wheels. I think right, Shay wow. and or Liz yep. Wow were, were involved in that. And so they said, hey, we, we're totally down for that. Why don't you and some other people right. have approached us? So we started FAB, Families on Bikes. Uh, which, which did sort of midday rides. And eventually, uh, I think there was another group that morphed into midday riders, but there was a famous picture that one of our, uh, one of our group took, and she called it the naptime riders. <laughs> so it was sort of like to create this fun that right. the midnight riders had, but do it during the day so we could all enjoy it. We'd go for lunch. We'd go for tacos. Maybe we did some holiday rides, and we'd go get some hot cocoa. So it was sort of really midnight riders was the impetus for starting these family group rides because they're fun and it shows people that they're fun. It shows people that they're safe. It shows people that when you bike in groups, then you, know, you're, you can have fun and mm-hmm. be safe at the same time. So, so going way back, that really, for me, that was the impetus, these group rides, seeing how much fun they are, but I wanna bring my family along. Right. Is, is that Midday Riders still out there? No, um, Midday Riders was a thing that was started around the time of the first Ciclavia. Back in ten 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 was the first Ciclovía. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they were worried that no one would show up because that was the first one. Hey, we're going to close some streets to cyclists and pedestrians and roller skaters, whoever. But they were kind of the organizers. This was you know, LACBC. I was involved with them at the time. And they were a little afraid that, shoot, we're going to close the streets, but nobody's going to be on them. So they started broadcasting, hey, if you got something going on, let us know. We'll post it on our website. So Jimmy Lazama, Mark Didia, and me, we kind of said, hey look, we're all new fathers at the time. Let's get let's do like a kid's ride. Because I had done a couple kids' rides with LA C B C. We did a holiday ride, um, and then I started the Families and Bikes with uh, with, with Liz and Shay and Cycle. Um, so we put together this this group. Uh Jimmy Lazama had much bigger aspirations for the group that it it we actually changed the name now that I think about it to Gosh, Jimmy, help me out. BC um, Chamacos, which means basically bike punks. Yeah. Uh, like young bike punks, uh, bike kids. Uh, but it, really the first iteration of that was the, the midday riders. And my son even drew uh, a, little, you know, a little skeleton like the mid- midnight riders had, but we put a little hat with a propeller on it. And that was, those were our spoke cards. We used to give those out as, as spoke cards. So those were the mid midday riders. So midday riders is not around anymore. It just you know I remember Jimmy Lazama said he said man you know this, this kid raising thing is no joke. Trying mm-hmm. to do that and hold down a job. Right. We didn't have time to start bike groups. So we just kind of did what you, what you and I did. We broke off on into our own and we raised our family with a little bit of an infamous, emphasis on incorporating bikes into that. I still bike every day. My kids still see me biking every day. They now bike. My kids are older than, than yours and Nick's. Um, one, I just just went to college and the other one's in high school. And I would say we all kind of love bikes. They all have their own bikes. We, I have plenty of bikes for them to use. My son just came to me the other day and he says, hey, Dad, I think I want to go mountain biking. I'm like, super. I've been mountain biking since the 80s. I got two mountain bikes in the garage. One for you, one for me. Let's jump on them and let's go mountain biking. Mountain biking, super fun. So I think through me, I guess as a dad, really just my interest in bikes has sort of just by osmosis filtered its way into our family life, and they've just sort of caught on. that Bikes are a thing that you can do. They're not weird. Right. They're not just for dad to put on his really tight clothes on weekends and go out with a bunch of dudes and climb Mount Wilson. It's just something that you do every day. When you want to go to the store, you can, you can just get on your bike. If you want to go have some fun, just go bike around the neighborhood like we used to do back in the 70s, back in the bike boom era. You would just go ride around the block, and that's kind of fun. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. I guess that's coming back to what do we do as dads and as bringing this sort of bike thing out from the streets into our house. um, There are a lot of challenges. There are a lot of challenges to get there. It's
0: interesting that you have used the word fun several times because – one of the things that we've incorporated in, uh, into the philosophy of how we're raising the boys, and um, you mentioned yours are 15 and 17, mine are uh, four and seven, mm-hmm. and uh, is that life should be fun, and it's it's kind of hard as a kind of a goal oriented adult to remember that life should be fun, and when something isn't fun, it's okay to move on to something else. But I remember that Midnight Riders uh, and the Critical Mass and some of the fun rides. The thing is that uh, when I brought friends along, they would ride farther than they'd, ever, they'd ever ridden before right. in the middle of the night. Sometimes it's <laughs> cold. Sometimes it's wet. But they were having fun, and at the end of the day or the end of the night, they looked look back on it, and they had just accomplished something that had changed what limitations they thought they had. And the same is true for Sydney and then now London because when Sydney and I ride to a destination, like when we ride to his art class, It's like a beginning with a middle and he's tired and there's an end. But when Hmm. we did Ciclavia, he rode all the way to Pomona.
1: Wow. Because there
0: was always something else exciting farther up. And the thing is, being goal-oriented, I thought we've got to ride to the end of the, you know, route. And he wanted to stop at every single climbing wall, bouncy house. Sure. You know, opportunity to play tic-tac-toe in the park or whatever the case may be. And, um, again, back to the fun because... On the fun rides, it was never goal-oriented, like we're going to a destination. It's like we would stop for the
1: silliest thing, you know. and, and right. Some of them there were destinations, but most of us in the masses other than the ride leaders had no idea. Are <laughs> right. we going – is there going to be a band somewhere? Or are we going to stop at a cool overlook? You, you never really yeah. knew. You were just going along for the ride, so to speak.
0: There was one uh, ride where um where we ended up in the bowling alley in uh, Eagle Rock. Mm. And it was <laughs> – um, and. You know, it it was a midnight ride. There's no chance that all these people are going to fit in the in this bowling alley. But Roadblock was performing an ACDC cover band. Oh, super. and so it's pretty funny because 90 <laughs> percent of the group is in the parking lot, which was fine because it's one of those few times where you don't mind not getting in because right. getting not getting in was better than getting in.
1: It's like a Grateful <laughs> Dead show. You know, <laughs> yeah. the scene
0: is out in the parking lot, <laughs> <Right>. man. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but with with the with the boys, um, we've also been opportun like you know i would love if they played musical instruments we've made things available i would love if they did this that or the other but then that's me imposing my interests on them as opposed to we've, we've made things available so with the bikes skateboards scooters pogo sticks the list goes on of the stuff that we've uh laid at their um, made available to them and uh we try to make it you know i think modeling is the best way to make it happen um you know if you modelize if if you model uh physical activity if you model um good habits they're more likely than if you just instruct
1: yeah i think the concept of fun that you just mentioned in that list of toys or vehicles pogo sticks skateboards all of that stuff the bike really is so much more than that though Mm -hmm. kids will probably outgrow a pogo stick my kids still skateboard i still skateboard because it's really fun but a bike is not only is it fun it's it's utilitarian it gets me where i need to go i mean riding a bike checks off so many boxes environment, your health, the fun aspect of it. So a lot of times it's quicker to get places on. It's certainly cheaper. I mean, it, it's it like I said, it just checks so many boxes that it's such a great thing to talk to people and especially if those people are your kids, to try to encourage them to at least look at this thing as this bike thing as something that you can use in your life. I mean, you can use it for recreation. Sure, go out on your weekend rides and have a great time or use it to get to work. Use it to get across town. Um, There'll be an issue I'm sure we're going to talk about when it comes to safety and what our wives think of that. Um, But hopefully we're getting there, right? Hopefully we're getting there through the activism, you and me and others, we're getting to safer streets I don't think we're there yet, but to come back to what we, where we start is that when my kids were young, I read your article, and I'm like, well, what can we do? I want to start these kids' rides because I, the clock is ticking. These kids are going to be on the road. My kids and all these other kids are going to be on the road shortly. Of course, there were plenty of kids on the road at that point in time, but we've got to make these streets safer. How are we going to do this? And I also read an article by, 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 by Joseph Ali, and what did he call streets? He had a great term for a street. Um, We got to stop seeing streets as human-moving poop pipes. He didn't use that word, but I'll keep it friendly. Right. And yeah, that's that's I think how planners back then saw streets. The whole complete streets movement was just coming around. Uh, Portland had just sort of kind of got on the bandwagon of being super bikey, and that was kind of the, the the bike mecca here in in the United States. But we had to make we had to start working to get these streets safer. And I think a lot of that was, was people like you, me to a lesser extent, but this whole movement that you started mentioning of started going to City Hall, going to LAPD and saying, hey, people are dying out there. People are getting hit all the time because we've got design issues, because we've got enforcement issues, because we've got education issues. So what can we do? What can we do to get our kids out there biking and all the other kids and all the adults too? Let's not forget them, but we're dads and we're here to talk about kids
0: so you know uh sydney and london i it's I find it charming to see them uh th- for example, they want to do bike maintenance now, mm, so they cool. see me working on the bikes yeah. and um then i'll see them with a hammer <laughs> <laughs> bangin- on the bike <laughs> banging on the bike and I was, so you know okay well, this is um and i i I want to keep it positive um so we'll save this for the wood and the nails over there, <laughs> but um but the fact remains that we have lots of bikes, and I I wanted to get a lot of bikes so that the kids, so that no kid in our in our sphere of you know families ever doesn't have a bike, so that we can do you know group rides, and so we take a lot of bikes over on Park Day, over to the skate park, the local skate park where we do Park Day, and uh, oh, there's cool. a big huge uh, skateboard bowl. Um, Which park is that? It's over in um, Alhambra, oh, and uh, okay, so um, and there's another one in Irwindale, and so by the way, now that I'm a father. I know every bathroom anywhere in mm. the county and how far the next one is because I've got a four-year-old that won't tell me until after we leave uh. <laughs> one that he has to go. But I also well, know... having two boys, I yeah.
1: mean, uh, trees are fine for right. us for the most part.
0: Uh, but the other thing is I know every park. Yeah, And right. I know every skateboard uh, park, I mean, literally in three counties because um, there's, it's, it's so imperative that we, we kind of <laughs> wear them out. Or else it's going to be a rough night and it's going to be a and, rough day. And I
1: think you appreciate that having kids doing physical things is so great for them, not just their physical body, which right. of course it is. But kids have so much energy and to to teach them that bodies are meant to move. You can do that on a bike. You can do it on a skateboard. You can go do it for, you know, you can go for a run. You can go for a swim. You could do whatever. But, right. yeah, getting kids out there, I mean, that's how kind of I was when When I was younger, we were just kind of always out there doing something. You know, uh, I, I don't know what folks with super young kids today are doing because we have these things in our pockets and these screens that are so darn enticing that are keeping us on our couches instead of getting outside. Put those things down and go outside. Mm -hmm. But yeah, finding those skate parks. When my kids became skaters and it got me back into skateboarding, yeah, we knew every skate park in, 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 like you said, in in several counties. And we would go on skate sojourns and go find them and go skating because it was fun it was cool and it was physical.
0: Yeah. And now that I'm a father, I see things through a different lens. And so we go to um, skate parks and there are rules Mm -hmm. at the skate
1: parks. And so... I think the helmets a great rule. I, I helmets and pads. You know, uh, concrete. I think has gotten a lot harder now <laughs> that I'm in my later forties. Yeah. When I <laughs> fall, yeah. it really hurts. Hmm. But,
0: um, but there's also um, I see the um, I see the segregation or the impact of segregation. The boys have skateboards. They've got scooters and they've got bikes. Mm-hmm. And we we pack everything into the into a little wagon when we go to park day so that they can do whatever they want. Yeah, we just toss it all in there, and it's up to them or whatever they uh, choose to go with. And sometimes they run in the in the the skate park because they just like running up and then running back down. And I know this drives the adults crazy. Probably the other
1: skaters too. Right. Uh,
0: But there's, it's it's interesting because I see some that recognize there, there are little ones. And so there's an interesting, I I mentioned earlier communication and uh, negotiation and, you know, some of the things you learn, uh, from riding a bike or a skateboard or a scooter in a public space is to 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 pay attention to what 's going on mm. with others and to anticipate the behavior of others so I think that that 's an interesting and subtle lesson is that and I know kids don 't have peripheral vision like we do you know they 're very linear in terms of their awareness, but um, watching sydney the seven year old coach London the four year old just is so heartwarming because he has this, you know, coach like mm. attitude to um advising London, you've gotta you've gotta watch because they go and then you go. And yeah, I think well, this yeah. is awesome because I can still go to the grocery store and have people knock me down. You know what I mean? There are so many <laughs> adults that are so self absorbed, but watching a four year old and a seven year old use little things like mobility to learn how to negotiate and communicate with other folks um and cooperate with other folks And so I know that there's – and I also know all the friendly skate parks, and I know the empty skate parks, and I know the congested skate parks where we Mm -hmm. probably wouldn't be a good match. And so I know when to time. As homeschoolers – and we're homeschooling – it's kind of cool because school hours are the best
1: because we get the whole park. Because they're quiet. Yeah. (laughs) Unless you have a son like one of mine who goes to the skate park for the social aspect. Right. That's really a big part of why he goes to the skate park. He's a great skater too. But he – doesn't really find enjoyment in an empty skate park. Whereas for me, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. The more, the more room I have around me where a person or a tree or a, another transition isn't in the way, the better off for me because I'm probably not going to hurt it or me. But um, yeah, skate parks are interesting. There's yeah. a whole you know, maybe that's what things with wheels cause kids to do. It causes them to be a little more aware. Whereas I can sit on my phone all day on my couch and be very absorbed in me and my world that I am immersing myself in. But get me outside on on a thing with wheels, whether it's a bike or a skateboard, and all of a sudden, like you said, this periphery has to come into play. Are there other things that are going to come into it? Am I going to go into other people's? Because there's Kind of a danger element, I guess, um, which is which is very interesting. I've never thought about that. But. Well, there's
0: a, I think there's a danger element. I think that with boys, and I can't speak to what it's like to raise girls because we don't have any girls. Mm. But um, I, with the boys, I know there's a power element. And I see this because they really love to uh, um, pound nails. So <laughs> I have some wood stumps that I set aside and some nails and some hammers. And they like to, um, you know, they cook and they use power tools. Uh, they like to they, – they, they put – hundreds of screws into these stumps until they got tired of playing with the, uh, you know, the screw That's gun. That's a and great
1: idea. When we go to Home Depot, they've got that little display of <laughs> right. the Makita drills. Yeah. My kids will stop there, and they'll stay there for 15 minutes until I say, come on, guys, let's, can, we, right. can we get what we came here for?
0: So we've never been to Disneyland. But as far as the kids are concerned, we have because, to them, we go to Home Depot every month on the first Saturday because they have the craft day on Saturday mornings. But when we go inside, they like to go back to the uh, carpet display and turn every – Piece of carpet over, and then <laughs> push the whole rack and make it do the little tidal wave, and then do it again. They'll do that. They go to the shower doors and open and slide them and bang them until the people ask us to leave. Yeah. They'll go run up the ladder and back down the other side.
1: All right, they can't do that stuff at home because they'll break <laughs> stuff, and mom and dad will yell at them. But at Home Depot, you can slam yeah. doors and you can and, drill. Uh,
0: yeah. They, yeah, they like the power tools. Yeah. And uh, but with the with the um, with the bikes, the skateboards, there's uh, an element of pushing to find out what the limits are, and so I think that you know. Uh, as long as we're providing a safe environment and as long as we're uh, coaching on safety um, and I've become hypersensitive you know the first time Sydney drew blood I thought oh my I don't Mm. even I can't believe this happened on my watch you know I don't you know and it turned out you know uh, sometimes things bleed much more it was a he hurt his mouth, and there was a lot of blood. Mm, I thought, "Oh my that's God!" That's a little frightening. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. It turned out there was a small cut with lots of blood. What I tell my wife? <laughs> I swear, I was so. <laughs> Did he lose small. a tooth? Oh
1: God! Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, I took the boys uh, uh, in the RV up to Silent Springs or Silent. Uh, Camera, it is up by, up by Hammett, and we were um, camping out with the RV, and it's 400 acres, hmm. which meant it was just ideal for them because we could ride. And there were lots of other kids. C- to your point, you know, um, they're, they're social creatures, and so we may like like the solitude of, oh, look, I get this whole thing to myself. But they really like yeah um, other the little the people interaction. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. so uh, s- it was a like a ten year old girl taught them all ho- how to ride with no hands. I'm like, oh my, mm. God, why do we have to cross that? <laughs> why couldn't we wait till they're nineteen? Right. But you know, so now they're showing how fast they can go, and they're riding with no hands. Oh, so there were about eight of them and um, they were riding uh, on, the, on the dirt. And so they loved the little berms and they had a little track that had been carved out in the woods. And uh, I had a tag along. For London, you know that is that
1: the bike that's the trailer. It thing? comes
0: off your seat. Yeah, stem and It's it's so it's a, it's one wheel and London can so London loved it. He was just yelling faster, 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 and I was riding behind them just because I was just you know th- he just learned how to ride with no hands and now he's riding in the in the woods on on the mm. the dirt track and um, he went down. Uh, Hill and hit the bottom of a ditch, and the wheel came up, and the handlebars came up, but he was still going down, and he oh, went no, face first yeah. in the handlebars. And I chuckle now, but I'm telling you, I was just terrified.
1: I could imagine, and, uh, yeah. and
0: plus, we're in an we're at an RV park, you know, far, far we're hours away. Yeah. So I took some photos quickly and sent them to our dentist and said, "What do we do? What here? are we doing?" Yeah. And got some advice. But um, the thing is that um, you know. I, I look back, we all did the same. Like, we drew blood. And,
1: yeah, uh, I mean, I think getting hurt is part... Certainly, you know, if we can talk about skateboard, I mean, getting hurt is part of the experience. Right. When you're a kid, certainly. When you're an adult, you're a little more fearful of that because the injuries last a little longer, <laughs> yeah, <it's laughs> if true. not a lot longer. <laughs> so if you fall on a skateboard, you're probably not going to get back on it uh, for a good couple of weeks because you really injured something. And the same thing with bike. When w- bikes. When we're biking on city streets... I hate to be morose, but it's life or death out there. Right. Um, you're not aware of your surroundings or you do something foolish, like a lot of people do, whether it's running red lights or just not p- paying attention, not observing the rules of the road. There are dire, dire consequences. So you have to be aware of, of your surroundings. So, um, well, I do think that the respect issue, I mean,
0: I'm not, I would never will pain on anyone. But the thing is that um, that incident happened and we discussed it and um, you know there th- these are great opportunities to to talk positively i would never want to uh, my my kids to live in fear or to uh do anything other than to move confidently and aware of their surroundings you know uh, nick is taking um he's going to become a league certified instructor uh, mm-hmm. los angeles uh, uh, the league of american bicyclists uh, league certified instructor course which means he'll be authorized to He'll get a, he'll get a, he'll be a deputy uh, just like you. Mm. Um. Oh yeah, that? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the thing is that in in the in the um, LCI training, um, you know, there's we we look at all the c- collision data, and some are the responsibility of the cyclist, and some are responsibility of the other party. But there's a strategy for each type of incident where we can then not dr- I don't want you know not act. Defensively, but act confidently knowing you've got a strategy and a technique and a skill for avoiding every type, a left cross, a right hook, the list goes on. Yeah. Of uh, and, and even, as you uh, mentioned today, showing up visible. Yeah. Like, why would you wear camouflage gear in the middle of the night and <laughs> or, wonder why yeah. no one can see you? It's because yeah. they can't see you.
1: Or or the, the black uh, spandex is <laughs> is the color of choice for cyclists, which I, I, I don't understand. Um, I want cars to see me, so I wear... The visible orange yeah. jacket i have a flag on my bike that <laughs> tells drivers they they see either two things when they see a flag they see oh there must be a kid up there yeah. i better drive slow or they say that person has no idea what they're doing because that flag is whipping all over the place and what kind of idiot puts a flag on their bike i'm going to give them a really <laughs> wide berth and yeah. that's exactly mission accomplished
3: right. <laughs> yeah so, that's one
0: of the most basic strategies is to be seen but um we look for the opportunities with the boys to teach them strategies and uh to move confidently and, and it's not just in uh, on a bicycle. You know, Sydney and London and NC went with me to uh the Rampart Village Neighborhood Council um this week on Tuesday with the the mobility bill of rights, you know, the freedom to travel mm-hmm. safely and, and, and free of fear is the basic and um and it's the same as on the Cyclist Bill of Rights. But the point is that I want them to see uh adults modeling uh confident behavior like how is How do we go present our case to another group? And
1: that's all you do, I suppose, is present your case uh, yeah. for a living. Well, there is a way to to bike and minimize your risk. There's a way to do it smartly. And I think that's what the league teaches. That's what any good cycling class teaches. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, a lot of people don't take those courses. A lot of people are kind of winging it. I've never taken one of those courses, but I've been biking for long enough that I feel confident mm-hmm. and comfortable I'd still probably benefit from one of those courses, and I would encourage anyone to take one of those courses. But how do you teach those seemingly boring concepts to kids um, to allow them to get on the street safely? That, that's, a, that's a hard one. I mean, there are just so many. Without being a, a motorist, which, you know, I, you know, at 16 I got my license just like every one of my friends did. Um, and I had this discussion with my son the other day. It's like he wants to ride a bike yet he doesn't know the rules of the road he's never taken traffic 101 or even traffic school or whatever the that thing they used to do in schools which they right. don't anymore um to know the rules of the road to know what the signs mean um so it's it's hard to teach kids hey get on the bike and you can confidently bike on these streets i got off to come here today i got off at north hollywood station getting from north and there must have been an accident on the freeway um and i'm biking here i mean It was pretty treacherous it's not a route i'm familiar with so of course i didn't know the safe there is a little bit of a bike lane which is nice but it was not for the week um so how do you teach kids the proper way to get out on that street and do it safely that's that's a tall order i've been thinking about how do we do that for for 10 12 years now and i I don't know a great way so what we did as activists is we went we, we we basically told others to look out for for our kids by making streets safer by putting in the buffered bike lanes by putting in maybe just any bike lane to start um but it's hard it's it's you know progress moves very slowly i said that being a bike activist is akin to banging your head on the wall because (laughs) it just feels like that's pretty much all you're doing most of the time progress is being made i don't want to sound like just uh you know just a naysayer but it sure is slow um you know, I can't say the streets are all that much safer since when I started. There, there are more bike lanes, which is nice, mm-hmm. than there were 10, 15 years ago. But I still don't know how safe I would feel if my son, who takes the train to school, if he were to say, Dad, I want to bike to school, I'd say, oh, I'm going to bike with you because we'll do it together. We both right. go to downtown. That's great. But if he wanted to do it alone, whew, that, would, that would really kind of cause me and my wife a lot of concern because is he going to do it safe? is he is he going to get there alive like my wife probably wonders every day and i text her the minute i get to my office right at the office xoxo same thing when i'm leaving i want her to know i'm leaving the office so you should see me in a half hour if you don't see me in a half hour call stephen box <laughs>
3: <laughs> you know Nancy and i
0: had the same uh, and, and have the same routine um but from the from the very beginning um you know we would uh, on our flip phones text each <laughs> other um because just not knowing was just uh knowing what the risk is or what the uh, outcome could be um caused us to be quite concerned about communication and and yeah. to this day it's a it's a i think it's a great habit in fact the other day um i was in big bear and i didn't have reception and i thought what like yeah. this is not so, you know i'm so used to having instant constant contact right
1: not for surfing the web, but for communicating right. to your loved ones but that you're okay and alive. Yeah, exactly. For a
0: moment, I just felt right. completely vulnerable. I had the boys, and uh, so I just wanted to check in and let her know. And I know how important it is for me. Mm-hmm. And so anticipating that. You know, um, I, 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 was, I mentioned that the boys want to learn maintenance, and, and I think that um, – and and they we you know we now we can change tires and That's we don't cool. use a hammer when we change the yeah. tires <laughs> and uh, they love doing the little uh, patches and so sometimes the inner tube gets a lot of patches, <laughs> uh, but the thing is that uh, I think there's some ownership there. You know, there's another interesting lesson um, that uh, I learned as a cyclist, and I'm sure every cyclist. But you only get a flat once without learning to carry a patch kit, and you only. Um, Get a flat once and carry, start carrying change so you can get on a bus. And you like there are so many lessons you learn the hard way. And then next thing you know, you're carrying sixty pounds of supplies because there's nothing that's going to come up. And then you start whittling it back down. But they're they're you know from the point of absurdity, you know. But uh, the boys now, when we travel, r- regardless of whether it's on a bike or um, just going out for the afternoon to the park, now have the same drill, which is we take water.
1: Yeah, and some snacks, yeah. water, snacks, food is and a big one. Yeah, you know. they don't carry their own s- patch kit. <laughs> they they rely on dad to do that. Still to this day, um, I, I'm not sure why. Maybe that's a failure of of mine as a parent that I haven't <laughs> beaten it into my kids that you must carry a patch kit because what do you what if you get a flat? What are you going to do, dude? They, they don't. They they are kids at the end of the day. Even though mine are you know older teenagers, they still don't have that foresight to think well, this could go wrong, that could go wrong, that could go wrong, and that could foil my plans, and that'll ruin my evening. They don't, you know, they... they you, know, you know, it's funny you
0: say they're kids because um, London's four, and when I forget something, he gives me the, you always need to bring water, you always oh, need... To, he I gives said. me the, the adult lecture because I forgot something. But the point is that uh, we are um, having this little pre-flight uh, conversation now to make sure that we have what they want, Yeah. because I'm not picking their snacks and then getting... Uh, Any sense of disappointment because I picked the wrong snack. So, we're going to do this together. So, we we, uh, pack our our bag, which of course I carry. Uh, No matter how much stuff they want to carry, it 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 always ends up in my bag. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah.
1: Because we have the bags uh, or a a backpack. Um, Having bags on a bike is just so useful um, that you can stop anywhere and all of a sudden you've got a, a, a pack mule that you can put stuff in. My kids ride, you know, much, you know, one of them's into a fixed gear. The other one's got, you know, a more of a race style bike and, you know, racks and bags just don't really fit with that. So, you know, they got me who has got, you know, two big bags on a big back bike rack that can, can hold everything. They sort of rely on me, but I think it does teach them that resourcefulness that at least it, it has for me that I always carry a patch kit, but if I don't, okay, how far am I from a bus? How far am I from my actual destination that I could just walk there? It's really not the end of the road. If I get a flat and I don't have a patch kit, um, I think cycling sort of teaches you that sort of urban resourcefulness. Um, that's another step in that sort of confidently going about, you know, in in the world out there. Um, and I think bikes can can really help kids sort of get that. Like you said, I think the ownership and the bike maintenance, I love that. My kids aren't really super big on bike maintenance because... I kind of do it for them, um, a lot of times with them. But I think t- to have a machine that they can fix on their own, and the bikes are relatively simple things. Right. I'm not talking, you know, change your bottom bracket or anything, but to, you know, put your chain back on if it falls off to fix your flat. If, you know, I mean, those those are those are cool things to instill in someone. That, that's your transportation. All of a sudden you're being responsible for your own transportation, and that's kind of fun to to teach someone and see someone kind of grow up with. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think that um, once they learn how something uh, tightens or loosens, Mm. I'll go out and I'll see them tightening and loosening. Just for fun. Yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) that's when I... uh,
1: As long as it's not with a hammer.
0: (laughs) So now I have to check every time we go to make sure because (laughs) there's a good chance they may have loosened things up. But I think that their curiosity is of greater value than an adherence to... uh, set of arbitrary don't touch you know like well, why not i mean th- they're bikes they didn't you know they didn't cost much right um we bought some new when they were when sydney was uh you know when sydney was young we bought um uh what do you call the bike where you just run the balance, balance bike, bike yeah so we bought a new balance bike and it it came with pedals but the pedals you could uh just they just popped out mm-hmm. and so um we bought that new and We didn't know anybody that had one, but NC had done some research that, you know, the balance bike is good for their development and for, you know, so rather than relying on uh, the training wheels. Right. But at that, and those were expensive. Balance
1: bikes? Balance bikes. Yeah. When I was getting one for my kid, which was the early 2000s, there were none. Mm -hmm. There were none in the States. We ordered this hand-built wood one from the Netherlands um, and got it, you know, delivered it. This thing. You know, Amazon wasn't around right. in any significant way, especially we were living in Lake Arrowhead, so it was difficult. Couldn't just go to the bike store and ask for one. They'd say, What are you crazy? <laughs> no, you, you get a bike and you put training wheels on it. That's how you teach a kid. But after a little research, no, you don't need the training wheels kids will naturally get on one of these balance bikes start walking with it and then they all of a sudden realize that hey I can lift my feet up and I'm kind of gliding maybe I'm like kind of flying a little bit and they think the fun the fun comes back into it and they start doing it around our living room Um, but yeah those were not around back when when I was uh, teaching my kids the two-wheeled balance thing. But I'd imagine they're a little more popular now, right? It sounds like you— They're much
0: more common now. I see them in in bike shops. And you you mentioned bike shops and visiting a bike shop. And I feel bad ordering things online because I hate to see the death of bike shops. Um, You know know, what you
1: can do? Let me just interrupt. The balance bike, if you can't find one or you can't find one for a decent price— go to any store or, or go to craigslist get a kid's bike take off the pedals just go to a right. bike shop and take off the bottom <laughs> bracket boom you've yeah. got a balanced yep. bike with no pedals i mean there's 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 diy fixes for those kind but of we
0: things. bought we bought those new i had some bike trailers that i used just for hauling things um that i'd uh the, the kids like the bike trailers for just a very short period of time we go to home depot yeah and we buy plants and home depot thought we were the most amusing thing to come through because I would take the bike and the trailer through and load it up, right? And uh, you know, with bags of um, you know fertilizer and we would buy some plants. And the kids are sitting in there, and yeah. they just thought we were the circus coming to town, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and we probably were. And um, so, the, but they outgrew the trailers quite. And these weren't these weren't kid trailers; these were utility trailers. You know, they were just big boxes. They weren't those jogging no regular no, ones. That these that you were put behind. Did you, for, did you
1: prop them up with pillows and stuff like? To make it comfortable. for Fertilizer, a, and, for fertilizer. and bushes. <laughs> they, they smelled like the Dickens when they got out. But, uh, yeah, my kids liked the trailers for a very short amount yeah. of time. We'd, we'd put a bunch of pillows in there, and we put some books in there, and in five minutes they'd be sleeping. Yeah. This is when they were really young, so we that didn't last very long.
0: I found a, uh, a an adult tricycle at a garage sale recently, last summer, but uh, recently, and uh, it had a huge metal basket in the back. Hmm. Uh, huge, but it's a metal basket. It's like a shopping cart basket. Oh, I Well, the boys that. thought that was the greatest. Mm. <laughs> and they were squeezed in there like a cat in a bowl. You know, like the cat will find its yeah. room to squeeze into a small space. So the two of them packed in there and wanted me to ride faster, faster, faster. If London says anything on a bike ride, it's faster, faster, faster. <laughs> and, of it's course, I'm the one doing on the pedaling. Yeah. Uh, so i got to <laughs> try to go faster, faster, faster to keep him happy. But, um, you know, it's it's amusing until it's not. And now we have a tricycle that we don't need because it was only amusing for a short period of time.
1: Right. That's a big investment Um, space-wise. Oh, yeah. tricycles take up a decent amount of room. It just just reminded me, the first thing I got bike-related for my kid when he was, I would say, one, you know, back in the 70s, they had the the little bike seat that you would put on the back. And the kid is basically looking at your butt the whole time. I never thought that was a great solution. I didn't want to do that to my bike uh and my kid that didn't say and you can't communicate you got to turn yeah. around and yell at the kid and you can't hear what he's saying so at the time they weren't very popular but i have seen them become a little more popular it was that that bike seat you put on the top tube in front of you and the kid sort of rides you know you can see their little bobbling helmet in front of you they're not blocking your view they're they're a little right. lower but they're out there in front you can talk to it. your mouth is right close to their ear so you can still converse and talk and they have this wide open view of the road my kid got on one of those. I think that was probably the first love of a, a bike ride that he went on. And I, I still have the picture. Of course he's got a scowl because that's how my, my eldest son just kind of approaches the world. He's the, the math and science engineer, so he kinda looks at the world that way. But he had I think he really enjoyed that. Because all you know, we're moving fast. Because, right. you know, he's walking and crawling up until then. But Um, so that would be my recommendation for any new parent. And I'm thinking about Nick in there. Um, see if you can get one of those, those were fun, you know, the little place that you can put their feet in and they sit there, they got the the harness strap that goes over them. They're totally safe. And they're, they're basically right between your arms. You're like, almost like hugging them. So it's, it's, there's a safety thing. They see your arms. It's a real safety for the kids, safety for the parent. So that was, that was a really good sort of first step. And then the balance bike to get them their own. But um, yeah, I don't know who invented those well, stupid '70s bike things where they put the kid basically right. staring at your back.
0: So, NC bought uh, bought me the. It's called the we ride, Wee we Ride W E E R I D E, and it goes on the front. And um, f- for London, it was I think uh, Sydney was already past that point, and it has a little uh, like half circle yes. padded piece in front. And London, so we were up in Big Bear, went on a good sized bike ride, and uh, London got tired. He can put his head head down and go go to sleep. I remember, and I uh, would put my forearms closer together, so they're bracing him, (laughs) because I didn't want him to wobble. I was more concerned for his uh, neck bouncing while he's asleep. So I would put my forearms a little bit closer and uh, hold him. By the way, you know, uh, in terms of perspective changing, so the moment the boys were born, it wasn't just their safety but mm-hmm. mine also, like I now was more hypersensitive to where I rode because getting home to take care of the family was now my responsibility. Like, right, right. Uh, so right. I can't get hurt. Um, so anyway, but so now I, you, you talk about how do you get from A to B, you know, like tonight, you know, pick a route. Picking mm-hmm. a route now, that changed because before I was like, it didn't matter. Yeah, I'll go over right. Griffith Park in the middle of the night, you <laughs> know, right. and uh, – um. Or 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 you know down Wilshire in the middle of rush hour traffic and I'll ride the center line. It didn't matter right. because I would just howl at the moon and say you know I'm traffic. We're whee! here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm a
1: cyclist. I'm allowed to be here. That's uh,
0: but uh, so now I you know I know London's going to fall asleep. Cool. Great to see them use up all their energy and it's great to see him so comfortable that he can yeah. relax and nap. But uh, had the wee ride and then we graduated to the uh, tag along. And London likes the tag along because, and he rides, he he pedals, you know, he stokes.
1: Yeah, I never did one of those. Is that is that how it works? They uh, they they pedal and they, they, they provide they, a little propulsion. Yeah, there?
0: they they turn their wheel if hmm. they choose. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I have two tag alongs, uh, that I picked up, and and that's when I started paying attention to secondhand. Yeah. Stuff because I you know they're gonna they may not like it they may outgrow it that's right
1: and you're only gonna have it for a short amount of time right. So, and yeah why not get it used and then sell it off use to someone else or give it, give it away. I never did the tag along thing. I got a tandem instead because the plan was when my kids started school, I biked to work and I could bike to their school, drop them off and just bike to work, you know, and not have anyone on the back seat. Um, so we did that for a while that plan ever, never, never materialized, but I did start taking, um, I, I do a little bike touring every once in a while, about a year, every year. So I, you know, go with a group of people, and we go down to San Diego. It's a two-day trip. Right. Um, it's only two days, but boy, you feel like you've been out for for a week or two or three because it's just like it's just person on machine on the road all day biking, and then we camp at San Clemente, then we bike into San Diego, and take the train back. It's great. So I got a tandem, and my son, I think it was ten or eleven, was his first ride. Put him on the back of the tandem and uh, and we rode down to San Diego wow. and it was great. So and but it was funny cuz the first I had I'd done it a number of times and so I kind of got used to the, the routine. The first year he goes on the ride we're, we're biking and i'm just i'm just huffing it i mean the bike my son and all our gear i think i weighed us it was probably like 300 pounds or something like that and so we, we're biking we get about to huntington beach and i'm just working my legs are starting to hurt and i'm just like i don't know if we can make it so i say hey hey dude why don't we maybe why don't let, let's go to lunch you know that's about orange county's about halfway let, why don't we go to lunch and we'll call mom and she'll come pick us up how do we that uh, because because I'm, I'm really hurting right now um and i'm not sure we we can do this and he's like dad sh- should I be pedaling <laughs> and I say wait w- come again <laughs> he says wait do you, do you want me to pedal and I'm like please that would be really great yeah. if you were to pedal because you know the tandem is there's right. a timing chain connecting the two and so he started pedaling oh it just changed everything so that's why my question was can on these tag alongs yeah. when they pedal there they provide a little propulsion they are
0: and i can feel it i can even tell and london is good for short bursts and then mm-hmm. i'll turn around and even on the um tag along it's got a it's got a um handlebars and i'll turn around and he'll be we were just in san diego as a matter of fact uh with the koa down there and we rode out to the beach and I looked back, and uh, he's laid out on the handlebars.
1: <laughs> <And> so <laughs> even on the tagalong.
0: Uh, so you know, he was. You know, we rode to the beach, and he was great. And then coming back, you know, it was nap time. Um, Are they
1: not old enough to have their own bikes? Is that why you're doing the tagalong? Oh no! Why not just get them their own bike?
0: They do have their own. We have about uh, man. We have them in all different sizes. So there's. We have two of the uh, balance bikes that uh, London uh, uses. And then we've got, you know, just in progressive steps. Mm -hmm. And we did that because on park day, you know, there's several families that get together. Mm. And the kids can't go riding if they don't all have bikes and not all the kids had bikes. And it's kind of interesting because not all the kids knew how to ride a bike. Right. And um, so I had grand visions of becoming the um, kids' critical mass, you know, at 2 o'clock at the local park. Right. And so I started picking up as many bikes as possible, which means I now have, it looks like the... um, so I have them in all sizes all the way up to, to large, but there, I, I did not want any kid to not have uh, a bike that fit them. And that's the other thing, too. I see kids riding bikes that the parents bought a new bike for, for the kid mm-hmm. for, for, you know, whatever, birthday or holiday or whatever. There's so much money invested that, in that bike that it's not going to get replaced. It's, it needs to get worn out. And, you know, you're not going to wear the bike yet, but the, I out. I watch the kid's knees hitting his chin, yeah. and that's why he doesn't enjoy the ride. You know yeah. and that's where I think that a good fit um, st- you know it needs to be fun it right. it should not hurt right. to ride a bike and if you leave it up to the kids they'll find the the one that is the most fun mm-hmm. um, w- that feels right right and I have a couple of large uh skateboards one's um you know got uh Wheels for the street, and one has uh, large balloon tires for uh, off, off, you know road, for dirt yeah, skateboarding. Right. Yeah. Well, London likes to uh, stand on those and use a broomstick, and he looks like a gondola you know operator mm. in or <laughs> stand he, up paddleboard. Yeah, kind he of just thing. he sits there yeah. and he just does this back and forth in the backyard in the patio, and I think, well, who am I to tell him?
1: That's not what you do.
0: That's yeah. not <laughs> right. You know, he's having fun, yeah, and so uh, he's getting a hell of a core, is what
1: he's doing. He's right. gonna have abs like. <laughs> Like but for, Iron Man.
0: but for some of the long rides, uh, I remember one of the first critical masses. Uh, it might have been the the, the pan American park uh, ride It was over in that neck of the woods. I remember there was a father and a kid about ten or twelve, and the father was like urging that we 'd only gone like a few blocks and you know how when the, when the pack takes off, it takes like mm-hmm. fifteen minutes for that thing to start <laughs> moving all the way to the, to the back you know yeah. because it slowly takes off so But the thing is once it gets going it 's starting to move. And and it was only a few blocks into the ride, and I remember, uh, you know, it was kind of sad because the father's urging the kid, and he really wants the kid to be enjoying, it's not going to be fun. And the kid couldn't keep up, and he was on a small bike, and it's just not going to
1: happen. Probably not a a geared bike. Yeah, Yeah. I think having parents that are bike-friendly, I I can tell when a bike fits and when you're going to have it. Because if if you're not going to be comfortable, you're going to be hurting somewhere, you're going to be expending a lot more energy, and you're not going to have a good time. Right? Yeah, these critical mass rides and the midnight ride, as you see, all sorts of kids, and I, I can say that now is that, you know, I think I'm the oldest one by probably 10 or 15 years at this point. Uh, well, that's not true. There are plenty older ones, but there's a lot of young ones, and some of these kids come from places where, I, I don't know where they get these bikes from, but they don't fit them. Right? They, they're, they're maintained terribly, and I, I think they would Everyone would be having a much better time if you're on a bike that properly fits you. So you wanted to talk something about bike shops, and we should circle back to that. But I think getting having that experience on a bicycle be positive um, and comfortable and efficient like the bike is designed to do will produce a much better result right. for anyone that gets on that bike. So, yeah, yeah Well, I you asked that. The,
0: you asked about the tag along, and the strategy there was uh, when, when we were in San Diego, I knew it was going to be a long ride. But I – I wanted to ride out to the. um, I I knew the ocean. I mean, I know where I know where it is. Mm -hmm. Like, why would we go all that (laughs) way and not and get that close and not ride to the beach? So we rode to the beach, and uh, it would have been. uh, It was a lot for Sydney, and it was. And what is that?
1: How, you know, when we were planning these kids' rides, they they are not midnight riders distance rides. They are, you know, so when we plan a kid ride, maybe two miles at the most. That's like from start. To lemonade stand and then back, because kids can't, you know, they can't do that endurance. And and if you make it too long, they're going to get bored. They're going right. to be like, Dad, when are when are we going to get back to the car? When are we going to get back to? So how far was that ride well, so in San Diego? It was a couple of miles out, and then That's of course good we're ride gonna, for a kid,
0: yeah. And then we're going to be on the beach, uh, playing, right? And that was yeah. literally that was the the adventure. And then it was coming back. And keep in mind that the ride anywhere. Is so much part of the journey, and sometimes the ride is yeah. so cold and yeah. dark and bleak. And where would all my friends go? And you know, <laughs> uh, we everyone split up. Remember the UFO ride? Remember that I one? D- I everyone didn't go was wearing on every ride The I mean. and I remember that one because it was a weird night, but. You know, sometimes they're cold. Yes, and a
1: lot of times so, during the winter they yeah. are cold. So, the toy ride is tonight, by the way. Oh, really? Uh, it happens to be kind of warm out, so tonight's yeah. a beautiful night to go riding. But mm-hmm. yes, yeah, some of those winter nights, when you get to, you get warmed up when you ride, but when you get to a stop, some of these stops take so damn long <laughs> right. that you start shivering. It's like, hey, ride leaders, let's get this show on the road. But yeah, cold. Sure. and
0: I did a, uh, a century ride with the um, LA Wheelman, and um, I flatted four times. Oh, you're kidding? I'm not kidding. I don't know what was, what was the deal, but. Uh-huh. The, it was so cold and, you know, my, my hands were just numb. I rode on the last time I flatted. I said, forget it, I'll ride on a flat before. I'm just going to get over this hill. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm just, I'm so, I can't. And then, I um, can't remember his name, but uh, the, the, the guy that rides uh, SAG for uh, LA Wheelman showed up mm-hmm. and changed the tire for me, and oh, I was nice. so grateful. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. And I could ride over the. the c- but th- sometimes it's just, it's just hard. And anyway, on this particular case, um, you know, we ride to the beach. It's going to be a little muggy on the, on the way back, a little cool. And so I took the tag along on that one um, so that I could control the pace and still have it be fun for him for London. And, sit- and that way I could still ride with, um, and, you know, sort of influence. And, and protect Sydney. Yeah, there's, there's be, a control element yeah. to that.
1: They're not on their own independent little sort of satellite that you have to watch. They're like when when my son was either on the the handlebars or uh, on the back of the tandem. Yeah. I don't have to worry if he's veering out too right. much in traffic. Now to this day, when we still go biking, I'm looking either in my mirror, which I have on my glasses. Or I'm behind them. I'm always in the door zone. Let's scoot yeah. over a little bit. Oh, that's a little too far. You know, cars go a little fast on the street. Let's get a little closer because there's no car. So, yeah, having them on the tag along, I'm sure that, that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a little more peace of mind for a parent that you know where they are. Yeah, so I, um,
0: you know, at at every stage of their development, I've looked for uh, what's the best space for this element. So when we ride to Sydney's art class, it's on a major boulevard. Mm-hmm. And that's a completely different circumstance. Uh, Tagalog, or is that his? That's, that's uh, hi- on his bike. Oh, on his bike. Yeah. And uh, so that's a couple miles up and a couple miles back. And um, there it's completely different, but it's it's, I know he can handle it. Uh, but to get to that point, we did a whole lot of uh, this road is not going to have any cars on it, and I'm not going to be concerned about him weebling and wobbling. Because keep in mind, I, the first time he started doing the zigzag, mm. I found myself wanting to, you know, hold your line, you know, and <laughs> act like an adult. And I realized,
1: well, that's the fun of a bike, yeah, like, is
0: weebling and wobbling and doing a zigzag. And
1: But there's a place for it. There's I a mean, place. In a, in and start. One thing, in right. a parking lot, another thing, but on a street right. with traffic? Mm. So
0: uh, that's where um, to practice the, the skills and the drills, I would find space that belongs to us. Yeah. And so uh, if he deviated, it wasn't at the expense of safety. Right. And uh, we could still have fun, but we still got to practice the um, skills. And so I have a little video where I rode behind him, and he's actually signaling. Oh. And he's, uh, he rides up to the <laughs> – it's, it's up in Big Bear. There's no one around you right. know, uh, but for the fact that we've agreed that this is an intersection and, you know, <laughs> yeah, <right. he's laughs> just, there's no one up there. It's it's yeah. literally deserted. And uh, But I had this little video and he's writing uh, confidently, which I think is a great way to go through life. Like, if, if we do nothing as parents but raise children to become adults that walk confidently right. and communicate and negotiate and cooperate and, you know, right. Are aware of their space and other people i think that's tremendous success in and of itself but that's this little video that i have that uh you know still continues to tickle me uh when i watch it because he's such a little that's fun confident cycler with his little helmet he's up on youtube <laughs> yeah
1: i remember when i saw my kids signal i i, I always signal yeah. not always but I, it's a big part of my my safety routine uh, and we bike to school. I, I would bike my kids to school. this is elementary school we 'd all get on our bikes and we would bike to their school. I would drop them off, and then I would continue and bike to work uh, and There were a couple left hand turns where we these were these were all side non arterial roads in Glendale for the most part um, and we would signal and then we would make a left turn i 'm thinking of one from Ethel up to uh to their to their school. And yeah, to see my kids just model that behavior. I never said, now kids, you must you must use right. your signals, you do. but they they just did it. And it was kind of like, wow, they're being smart, confident cyclists and they're they're doing what what they should be doing. That was kind of a proud little little micro moment there. Yeah, you're right.
0: And our street is uh it's teed at both ends, it it just it runs between two larger streets, mm-hmm. and it's a long street with um, little cul de sacs. Yeah, oh, nice. And so we'll ride; we can get some distance riding up and down that street. Um, and we ride every cul de sac. We go in, we do the loop around <laughs> the cul de sac, and we come out. We go up to the top, and we turn around, and we come back. And so we can get some major distance, and then we do the. Um, you know it 's this is the suburban sprawl i mean you, you spoke about coming from north hollywood tonight it 's just such a distance between intersections, which is kind of yeah. a good thing yeah uh, when it comes to the kids because we can get some distance in with without having to stop and be cautious mm-hmm. and look left right left you know like is it is this about having some fun, or is it about you know being yeah. cautious, 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 cautious,
1: not dying? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah and the less so intersections, the better.
0: So yeah, yeah. so it's kind of nice on ours because it's a quiet street. If 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 you're if you're not there, if you don't have a reason to be there, you wouldn't be cutting through. Yeah, because it doesn't get nice. you anywhere. Yeah, and uh, so we get some distance in. But anyway, um, so there you have it with the uh, with the boys. If you had any uh, advice for a young father such as Nick, who's uh, <laughs> nick how, how old your your baby four months four months. If you had any advice for a young uh, father, what would you uh, what would you say to prepare uh, to raise a confident city cycler? What would you say the first steps would be?
1: Well I, I think I, I, what, what we've been talking about I think is, is is the important thing which is confidence and fun that, that's a balance that you need to have um, so Nick's child is is four months that's that's a little young to i'll admit that's that's still a little young (laughs) for critical mass to 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 at least ride behind the the trailer the music trailer bike Um, but i think thinking okay so you've got crawling and then you've got walking um it's about that time that i would start to think about the balance bike or maybe even before that i would get one of these things to put on on the front of the bike, I don't know what they're called. Walk, what you, we Ride is the one I had. We Ride, we, we one ride I had. was one. We yeah. had one that had a very funny European name, uh-huh. uh, Safety Cycle or something like that. Um, but I think those just sort of teach kids that this bike thing is something that is, is interesting to them. Mm-hmm. It's You know, they're, they're, they're probably going to get familiar with cars because they're always coming in and out of them, and they see them all over the place, and they're probably enamored with them just as much as they are construction vehicles, which… I don't know, my kids just were just drawn to those things. But to see the bike as another sort of thing that is around the house that can be used for mobility, um, instead of just that's that's dad's thing that's in the garage that he rides and I say goodbye to him and I don't see him for a couple hours, that's probably not the most positive experience. So I think introducing a kid to a bike in, in the most appropriate way to, to guarantee that they have some fun with this thing so in dad's arms on the front of the bike on a safe side street is is probably the the best place to start and then i would certainly think about getting that balance bike early because they're going to want to ride it you know they're going to want to do what dad or mom is doing and if they see them riding bikes they're going to want to jump on that bike too and so, how do they do that well they've got to learn the balance, and so why can't they do that on a balance back in the living room? They can
0: you know there's a lot of there was a lot of things i mean just about everything about being a father that i'd never thought of, and everything I thought of I turned out was wrong mm. you know because i 'm imitating bad behavior that <laughs> you know we inherited <laughs> from, from our pre- yeah. <laughs> previous yeah. generations but um but you know in the, in in the development of a child you know from tummy time and crawling and you know some of the th- i d- I never really thought about the science of of you know balance and the science of um the development of basic strength and so much of what we do as protective parents is counter beneficial you know hmm. because there's that little thing that, that the kids uh, it's it's on wheels and you put the kid in and the kid can move around but they're in oh. they're suspended but they're yeah. not learning balance no and right. this is when their muscles are developing this is when balance is developing and so the the fork in the road for kids between not developing balance and strength and agility and confidence, and then developing all of those, man, that fork in the road comes early.
1: That's right. There's so many things you could buy as a parent um, that everything is for sale and everyone wants to sell you something right. to, to buy so you can buy it and give it to your kids. But yeah. There are plenty of things you don't need to buy. You don't really need to buy much of anything. I mean, a kid can get an enjoyment out of some sticks in the backyard. So having this multicolored activity center that suspends them up, it's basically like an iPhone for a little baby. Wait a second. Wait,
2: wait, now that's what we just bought. What would you buy? That what he just described—the well, multicolored, uh, colored.
1: What you text. were just talking about—the little thing that suspends them when they've got like the tray of yeah. toys yeah, around we them. We just
2: got that. That's I had one
1: too, and I'm not—I'm not saying it, it, you know, hampered my my child's development or anything, but. Mm-hmm. You know, does a kid really need all of those things? When you're a young parent, you're sort of lulled into thinking, well, I got I to gotta help my kids' brain development. So when they're in the car seat, I got to get those multicolored pattern things for them to look at to build their brain. And I got to get them this little activity center to sit in. Hey, look, those are great things. Well, you know, when you're a parent, you're busy. You got a lot going on. And you might just mm-hmm. want some downtime. Putting your kid in one of those things and it's got spinny wheels and little, you know, chewy things. You know, there, there's a value there. So, I, you know, I didn't mean it's to a come lot of down. Plastic, come, yeah. It's a lot pl- Certainly <laughs> is a lot of pl- And then what are you going to do with it on the back end, I hope, Nick? You're not just going to toss it away, find someone to give it to, because that's a big yeah. old hunk of plastics oh, yeah. that's going to well, go to a landfill.
0: I do think that that's one of the um, most important things. Well, I mean, there's a lot of important things we could do. We could exchange information and guidance and share, you know, experiences. But also um, connecting with regards to uh, to passing things on, because... There's two things occur. Either they completely destroy things, Mm -hmm. like they've got clothes that I I can't – like what did they do that they just fell apart, like the knees are gone and the –
1: Socks are not getting passed on to younger kids. (laughs) On the (laughs)
0: other hand, and they've got shoes that are completely shredded, worn out. There's nothing left. They've got other shoes that look brand new – but they grew so quickly at that particular spurt that the, um, you know, the shoes can get passed on or the clothes can get passed on. But especially things like these bikes, mm-hmm. you know, at a certain point, we're not going back. So it's going on to someone else. But um, one thing I, you know, in the spirit of what are the things that we can do without, one of the things I learned, Nick, uh, <laughs> is <laughs> how much furniture we could live without. Because if we're talking about safety around the house, yeah, rather than creating a, getting a little bubble to put – um, them in so that they don't hurt themselves. Man, <laughs> there was so much furniture that I realized on day one. What on earth do we need a glass
3: coffee table? Coffee table <laughs> f- <laughs> uh,
0: wh- why, wh- why on earth would I put this here? Because it's right at face level. Right. <laughs> if they fall, it'll be into the corner of a glass. C- so a lot of stuff disappeared. Our house now, um, our home probably won't win any design awards, but... Man, I'm telling you, watching them bring all but, of the pillows and cushions into the living room and turning it into the into the pit—it's kind of cool. Like,
1: that's, isn't that how it should be? <laughs> I think we're we're similar parents, and I'm sure a lot of people are like this. That once you have kids, your life really does sort of center around yeah. the kids. They can either fit into your life and your lifestyle, or you can sort of be yeah we really enjoyed having young kids my wife you know breastfed for for as as long as we possibly could and we were concerned about the kid falling out the bed so what did we do we chucked our regular bed we got a futon put it on the floor so if the kid fell out he's only falling a couple inches he's not going to hurt himself so yeah we got rid of our coffee tables or yeah we probably cleared out a lot of furniture too so they could run around and do their balance bike in the living room so I think it's all kind of what, what you as a parent are you are you are you going to have this kid try to m- mold and fit them into your adult life Well, right. they're not adults? So why not cl- get rid of some of that damn furniture?
0: You know, it's interesting that the uh, the design the western the western home and the design of the western home. It's interesting because it's kind of like a metaphor for our public space. You know, eighteen percent of our eighteen <laughs> percent of the land in L.A. is is a street or a sidewalk, but it's wow. public space. Yeah and the way we design is so interestingly rigid and why and even with the with the, it so it's kind of a great metaphor because as you say the first thing we did was realize that this does this doesn't make sense like just the in- interior right. design and we laid out the house you know uh the furniture the just i don't know that's just how we do it right i don't know where i right. was trained the to couch do this here
1: yeah. and the coffee table in the middle right and, and the yeah. bed
0: goes here with the right. tables on the <laughs> side And now when we go to a hotel, um, I promptly move the furniture. Do you really? Because (laughs) I don't need three sides of the bed as an opportunity for them to roll off. Right. So I'll put it into the corner and then I make a little wall with the pillows you know, but but I, I, I now think in terms of what's the best way. But you because know, hotels seem to have the bed seem to be a little higher than average, yeah, right. and um, so now I'm i and this is just a, a sort of a, a little anecdote of how I see everything differently now mm. to a different you know. So when we go to a hotel. I look at that furniture differently. Hmm. And uh, when we went, so at home, you mentioned, you know, why can't they ride their bike in the house? And I don't know why they can't. Yeah. Like, hmm. where do these rules come from? But well, that maybe
1: was an outside bike. <laughs> we don't, you know, their dirt bike never really came right. in the house. If it did, it didn't last very long. But the balance bike, that wasn't something that we would take on outdoor trips. That was really, yeah. You know, why can't they ride? First, we had one of those little radio flyer sort of metal sit-on things with a steering wheel. They, yeah. they loved that. Um, that had four wheels and then the balance bike and they would you know yeah why can't they ride that in the we had hardwood floors so be a little hard if it's on carpet they might not get that that experience of pedaling with their feet kicking with their feet walking with their feet whatever it is uh, and then lifting them up and and continuing to coast if it's on carpet so I guess it all depends on the appropriateness of the space too
0: right so it's it's funny every family has different rules I imagine we have a no food in the living room Mm. Uh, rule, but the bike is okay. The bike's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so there is a few, uh, there is a few um, mobility uh, uh, tools, if you will. So you know that th- that are part of the indoor experience, and mm. uh, and of course the pillow pit is uh, that's completely cool. That's just a routine. Oh, that sounds and fun. It just comes with rules. You got to put it all back when you are done. Yeah. And uh, so in that sense, you know, they'll kind of lead us um if we're open to um seizing opportunities i think you know the other day i um the the, the, the boys had some um you know those uh, uh what do you call them albums that have the plastic pages where you lift the pl- page you put the photo underneath and the plastic goes back kind of over static it. yeah Yeah, elder, so static yeah. things so we had a, about six of those and they found them and they found my dad's um stamp collection
2: mm. Cool.
0: And I thought, sure and they is. had, and they were like, they had all these stamps. I mean, like a lot of stamps. They had all these stamps in the living room floor. And my first reaction was, oh my God. <laughs> And then I realized, you know, there's no greater honor to my father than they're enjoying his stamp collection.
1: What are you saving them for? I Do know. To on a <laughs> shelf <laughs> right. or to have someone enjoy them and think, those, wow, look at these cool so little drawings. They
0: spread them out, and they started trading them based on the value <laughs> they gave them because the flying squirrel was worth more than a wombat. <laughs> right. And uh, so they started negotiating with each other and trading, which is funny because it's not like either one owned any. Yeah. <laughs> they just started playing this trading game, and then they started assembling them in in these albums completely on their own which was a great lesson for um sometimes some of the best parenting is to get out of the way and let them lead and then be supportive and we still come back to the rules like you can't leave them all over the floor and you you know you got to pick them up and put them back in the box and so they had the six little notebooks at which they started assembling Uh, these were loose stamps by the way they weren't they weren't in albums they were just the the loose stamps that when you know were left over um my father never got around to um to sorting and putting in the albums. But he was an avid stamp collector. And my first response is they'll they'll hurt or they'll and I thought what?
1: What are you saving? Are <laughs> you gonna sell them all on eBay? If only or he something? could
0: see this. Right. You know, this would right. be so amazing. What more joy would that Because have this brought. was his passion. Yeah. So, um and perhaps it is genetic. But um so so in that sense, I think that uh you know um, you know, looking back, I think, how much did I try to impose and how much should I have just modeled better? Mm -hmm. You know, is is that the best way to guide kids, is to model good behavior or healthy behavior? And uh, how much curiosity, how how important it is just to uh, uh, encourage their curiosity, because they'll decide what's right for them. Um,
1: Well, it's hard to dictate good behavior. You can't say, be be good, be kind, be nice god darn it i mean really that i think that's your job as a parent is to you know you know they say be the person you want to be be the person you want your kids to be right be the person you want your kids to see you as and they will you know monkey see monkey do if they see a you know a jerk of a person they're gonna be jerks of people
0: you know the um i i uh heard someone say something you know um if you yell at your kid when they when they spill some milk, that's the voice they'll hear every time they make a mistake. Yeah, and so that's one, that one's always struck with me, especially when um, you know when it comes to riding a bike. Uh, do they really want to every time they do something? Do they want to hear me, you know, yelling, you know, hold your line, uh-huh. you know, signal better. So uh, I've I've even thought then about you know how can I frame it better and how can I influence and model rather than mm-hmm. you know yell hold your line and then how can I also make it fun? You know, for example, is it. F- you know, could we could we make it as much fun to try and see how far we can go without, you know, in a straight line without deviating right. as opposed to just yelling at him for doing something fun, which is zigzagging. And I've heard uh, a
1: lot of parents, Johnny, don't do that, don't, really yeah. chiding the kid. Be careful, you know, don't do this, don't do that. I mean, that obviously that's not a way to teach anyone. I think if the parents that were doing that saw what they were doing, they would probably be right. horrified. But I think that was probably their natural instinct to to sort of be protective of their kid. Um, but it does take a little more more awareness to say I I can't just tell this person not to do that because then they're gonna hate the experience I've got to do it in in an appropriate way but I think we've all seen those parents sort of you know little Johnny don't do this don't do that you know make sure I've been on some of these rides some of these midday riders or or, or kids family rides that I see these parents yelling at their kids and nobody's having a good time not the parents and not the kid and I think there's a missed opportunity because that th- that kid's just going to see this bike as an opportunity for mom to yell at me, yeah. and that's that that's not the way to do it. So
0: I, I had that experience when we were skiing uh, last year. We we took a couple of runs, and um, when I ski, you know, I I man, I want to I want to get some runs in. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I see it as a that there's all a purpose when you yeah when you and Sydney to it, so wanted that. to make snow angels. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. And right. at the bottom of the and, uh, and so I, you know, caught myself, um, imposing my desire to get in as many runs with his desire to make as many snow angels as possible. Yeah. And so, it, you know, since, um, so we have to come to a,
1: <laughs> a consensus right. on what are we going to You want to get your money's <laughs> worth for that darn <laughs> lift ticket that are so expensive nowadays. So, yeah. but that's,
0: you know, and so that's part of the learning curve as a father, but, um, you know, so in, uh, as we move forward, uh, you know, with the regards to the, um, to, to the boys having fun on the bikes, um. I do think it should always be fun and that's a great metaphor for life. Life should always be enjoyable and when it comes to whatever we're doing, is there a way to make it more fun? The uh be careful instruction and my 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 uh, I bristle now sometimes. Yeah. I become that father too when I hear um I heard a father the other day called one of the kids um a crybaby. And mm. uh you know, it's 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 just part of um them learning to handle all of their emotions. There's going to be some but I I bristled because I and I wanted to um, you know, Offer unsolicited advice, but I didn't. Yeah, <laughs> to uh, my credit, you got to bite your tongue a lot but of times. But the thing yeah. is that on the uh, be careful. I read an article about all of the things you can say that have a positive impact, and one of them was just to have a, a conversation. Like, what's your strategy for getting down?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's that's an opportunity. Yeah, yeah. And
0: so uh, rather than be careful, we have a rope, a climbing rope, and um, and sometimes London will climb up, and then I'm aware. And he's got that look on his face. Mm-hmm. and But if I ask him, rather than saying, be careful, if I just ask him, um, you know, would you like some help? And yeah. uh, and uh, he'll say yes or no. And he'll say no emphatically if he doesn't want. So don't offer anything. Un- uh, don't do anything. Un- don't invade their space with regards to uh, teaching insecurity. But it's okay to communicate. And that's an in- interesting thing, too, is to um, ask them questions about what they're doing and... Um Have you thought of uh other ways to do it? yeah you know
1: I, I think being a mindful parent is 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 a much better way than just sort of barking at kids um, which sort of shows them that you don't have as much respect for them you know they're thinking human beings right. they're they're younger than you, but I think just barking be careful does that doesn't it's not going to mean anything I think you know. To parents' credit, maybe parents are tired and they're at wits' end sometimes. <laughs> they're trying to hold down a job and they got some kids screaming and they got to worry about what's for dinner. So it's just easy. I, I, I'm going to do something, so I'm just going to say, Johnny, just be careful. But really, what does the kid hear? Right. Uh, nothing, most likely. Oh, that's just my mom telling me to be careful, which doesn't – I don't even know what, what what's the danger. I don't even see any danger, so it's worthless.
0: You know, it's interesting you mention um, at wits' end because I think uh, maybe this would be a great Uh for us to wrap up on but um, in the spirit of uh, and I guess now we're you know the, the seasoned fathers so you've got uh, <laughs> teens I've got four and seven but whenever uh, a new father like Nick comes along we get to act like seasoned veterans yeah. you know even though we're it's a constant daily struggle for all of us but this um, the the, the at wits end is an interesting thing because NC and I did everything together mm-hmm. and synchronized and simultaneously for so many years but now that we're parents there's a whole lot more um, relay race type past the baton, like, I'm at my wit's end. Now you'll be taking over. Yeah. And in the spirit of self-care or healthy, you know, uh, we we need to give each other breaks. So I think that, you're a team. Yeah. I, what I'm
1: hearing, and that's how me and my wife, I, I think, approach this, even though we've never really talked about it, um, and we've certainly never doled out positions, um, but w- we're a team. We're a little unit. And sometimes she washes the dishes. Sometimes I right. wash it. Sometimes she'll make dinner. Sometimes sometimes she'll hold the kid. Sometimes I'll hold the kid. Um, those days are long gone for me. But yeah, I think that's sort of being in a, a kind, compassionate unit, um, respecting each other, noticing what others people's needs are in this unit, and and addressing them appropriately. Uh, we didn't get to talk too much about our wives uh, and their impression of of biking and, and kids biking we you know that probably would be helpful to a lot of people maybe we could save that for part two because i know my wife probably has a very different perspective of it than your wife just because i know nc bikes quite quite regularly or at least she used to i don't yeah. know if she does anymore my wife was always very hesitant to do that uh for the safety reasons and i can't blame her for that she just got sick of getting honked at she got sick of getting yelled at she just never felt safe so it's really not something that sticks but talk about indicator species you know it's people like her not the vehicular cyclists like us that we really got to be thinking about right. when it comes to advocacy and she
0: read an article about a um a triathlete in sweden that Rode her bicycle to the hospital and gave birth.
1: Mm, wow!
0: And Nancy took that as a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> so on month eight, we rode from Hollywood to. By the way, when Nancy was pregnant, uh, when she would ride, um, Sydney was seemed to rest hmm. more. Um, wow! Probably the repetitive. Yeah, and that, so yeah. that was her theory that yeah. it was the you know the motion, yeah. of pedaling and you know that. Um, he got some exercise, you know, and then he Yeah, he the slept. blood's
1: pumping, more <laughs> oxygen. Yeah, slept the kid's well. probably in there, like, high, you know, from all this extra, oh, I don't know how hard she was working, but, <laughs> yeah, probably. So, well, we were riding in Hollywood, so she's, yeah. you know, keeping up with traffic. <laughs> Adrenaline's so, out <laughs> there. Keep yeah, up, yeah. Stay in
0: front of that metro. Get yeah. us Keep going. Yeah. So uh, she, it was it was month eight, and so, okay, well, you know, I'm going along. I mean, she wrote the birth plan, and uh, my job is to make sure that we stick to it. You wow. know, like, there's a whole lot of uh, this. Nancy's in charge on this particular uh, project. And so it was month eight, and we rode from Hollywood to Cedar Sinai.
1: Was that was that part of the birth plan? Bike to
0: hospital? Well, she was gonna. This was her plan. <laughs> was she was gonna ride her bike to the hospital. We we didn't have a car, <laughs> right? That's but gross. if this woman in Sweden can do it, we're gonna do it. Yeah? So we ride to uh, Mount, you know, in the in the spirit of rehearsing, you know, to ah, uh, wise, we yeah, okay. We rode to Mount. We rode to Mount Sinai. We rode to uh, Cedar Sinai, over you know by the Beverly yeah, Center. Where my
1: son was born. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. And I was uh, born there,
1: too. Really? Yeah. As back then, it's called Cedars of Lebanon, but yeah, yeah.
0: Well, it's a fantastic place. I, I really have a great deal of respect for the institution. Um, we had a... So many things were wonderful. But the bike ride there wasn't wonderful at month eight. Oh, I and been I And I... Around I, we got, the Beverly Center. We no, got fair. there, and I said, okay, no <laughs> way. Like, I'm, you know, freaking out enough about right. this journey and um and feeling helpless enough you know like what am i responsible for anything like is there anything i can do other than just worry too much but um i said no and so because i w- that riding there is just you you mentioned the pan pacific park there yeah but that traffic is just
1: that's not a bike friendly it's area. bad
0: for motorists yeah. <laughs> in armored cars you it know it's hazardous it's, to yeah. your health yeah so we didn't um we didn't
1: and plus you have a lot of stuff to bring. I mean, don't you have to bring? It's been 15 years since I've had well, you a, know, a labor okay. experience. But. Quick
0: quick story. So for all of the planning and all of the training, and, and this is a great, you know, it's been a metaphor for my entire experience as a father. For all of the training and all the preparation, when NC finally said, I think Sydney's coming, mm-hmm. right? I think Sydney's going to be here <laughs> today. I, I froze and I... I started getting blankets. Like the hospital doesn't have bedding.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, that's not in in the the bag that you. That's not needed to be in that bag. So that you bring.
0: Um, and Cedar Sinai was so great that they actually because the father can stay there. Yeah, oh yeah. I and they. On couch. Uh, the our God, the Christine uh, the godmother came at, at one point and said I think you're supposed to leave. Really. <laughs> What? You, the father? No, all of us. We, oh, all we, were, of you. we were so happy there. Oh, this because is after the birth. Oh yeah. Oh okay. No, no. We're like <laughs> the baby's born. Um, you know, uh, they. You know, it's it's really nice. They're taking great care uh, of us. I remember that. The Ritz Carlton. W- wait, <laughs> we have
1: to go home. Who's <laughs> yeah. gonna Who's gonna come in uh, every few hours and change stuff? This is not the deal. We're not going. <laughs> Nick's laughing in there because it's four months away for him. For me, it's a long time. But I remember that going. Oh, we're not going home. Are yeah. We we no. We're not ready for this. <laughs>
0: yeah. So we're we're just so cool here. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so, but Christine was really cool because she had um, put the baby seat in the car. She had shopped for us, so there was food, you know, and and we were ready to go. And yeah, you uh, have to bring a
1: car seat, right? Isn't that yeah? Like you got to There's a home? whole lot of
0: stuff that like. How the, are you going to
1: bring the baby home if you bike there? Are you going to have the little uh, tag along? <laughs> well, you know, we we hadn't thought the whole thing through,
0: <laughs> but um, but it all worked out, and that's also kind of been uh, you know, it always does. I I I strongly believe that things always work out. Period, and and the evidence is we're here. They, they know, do. They, y- they always work things, out. Yeah, things take. Maybe care not of the way spells. we had planned or anticipated or projected or envisioned it, That's but right. they always work out in hindsight. And so, as I look back, you know, um, I'm glad we didn't ride to the uh, hospital for the delivery. I'm yeah. glad we uh, that
2: was probably a, a good went with
0: decision. Plan B. Yeah. And I'm glad there were lots of other folks out there looking out for us. By the way, which is one of the things I enjoy about the uh, cycling community. I told you about the guy that showed up uh, on my fourth flat and fixed the tire. And that's been my experience on Critical Mass as Midnight Riders. You know, on all of the, you know, even as a stranger and isolated. One thing I remember in Hollywood is uh, I mentioned that um, um, when, 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 uh, when I'm riding my bike, people recognize my bike. They recognize my goatee. They they recognize something in how, and I think that it's in 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 a large anonymous city of four million, you know, residents, six million or whatever it is, ten million in the daytime, but you know it's so easy to get lost in the anonymity of, uh, of 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 a large city. And at the same time, it's such a small town, and that's why uh, I I told you that I you know from where I am at City Hall I can see you uh, flying Hmm. down Spring. I can tell when you're late for work.
1: That's right. <laughs> yeah, I I I leave late sometimes. Yeah. And I'm sure you do. And, yeah, that's uh,
0: pretty wild. So I I see um and I see Jeff Chapman uh, writing down in the museum. Like it's such a small town, and I and that's one of the things I liked about um you know living in Hollywood in the cycling community is because no matter what happened, it's it's just a few minutes before another friend rolls up on a bike.
1: Mm, that's interesting. And right.
0: uh, and that's been my experience. Um, and that's been, I think, a, a great way to go through life is that um, if we all watched out for each other, and I know just like Christine showing up at the hospital and, and taking care of us and... Uh, Just like um, cyclists taking care of each other, Uh, even when I would see people getting a ticket, I would roll up and just be an observer.
1: Yeah, I do the same thing. And I think that's
0: important that uh, people know that there's lots of eyes on the street.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I th- I, as a cyclist, that's kind of a, a responsibility I feel I have. If I see something going on, like a cyclist down or something, yeah. then I'm into action. I did that with, with Ed Mongos way back when. Yep, I came across right. as an ambulance there with a bike on the side of the road. What's going on here? I don't know if you needed my help, but it, luckily I was there. I snapped a couple pictures. I think I put the word out on Twitter, and you responded almost instantly. And uh, Ed, you know, he had a young family at the time. Um, and I, I think we helped him out quite a bit. That was kind of
0: nice. So, and the, and the result was we had this small-town uh, 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 community, I should say, community. One thing about having lawyers in the community, I remember Jeff Jacobberger, he was JAG. Uh-huh. uh And that's the other thing, too, is um, I ended up learning so much about the law from having so many lawyers because it was uh, often yeah, yeah. such a legal situation. Like, how did this turn upside down? Well, it shouldn't have, and it, it's not supposed to, and legally it – you know, but what grounds do we have? And so I think it was interesting, the advice I got from so many people, not just on how to wrench, uh, you know, how to prepare, how to, yeah. you know, uh, sustain the ride, but also legally. And then also with regards to, um, you know, negotiating City Hall or Metro or the planning department and, you know, advocating for a, for a better community. So it's, it's really not about the bike. It's just about life.
1: About community. Yeah, it right. was kind of nice having that community there yep. when you show up at City Hall when there was a, an agenda item on there and there'd be a, a handful sometimes, sometimes more, sometimes less, but there would be people there. Right. You know, Don would show up and there'd be a group of people there and we'd be sort of rabble rousers <laughs> like say, hey, we we, we, we don't want to die out there. Give right. us some, whatever we were asking for. We, uh, we had Bill Rosendahl on our side at right. that point in time, bless his soul. Um, but that, yeah, that that was fun those times.
0: And that uh, it's not just. And I think that activating that particular uh, sp- that particular spirit of standing up for what's right um, doesn't apply just to the bicycle. But now that uh, you know, through the eyes of a father, it applies to you know. I would go to. Um, uh, You know, Sydney was in preschool at the Sierra Madre Community Nursery School, and all of a sudden now I'm looking at how the organizations run with a, Mm. you know, I have the right to speak up here.
1: Which, by the
0: way, keep in mind, there's a whole lot of people in the United States of America that don't realize they have the right to speak up. Yeah. And we are, in many ways, warm frogs, like, is it okay for me to rock the boat here? But having been a bike activist, yeah, it's okay to rock the boat. In fact, it's your obligation, it's your responsibility to rock your boat on behalf of other people that perhaps aren't in a position to to rock the boat. And so uh, then he participated in a charter school program. And, uh, you know, when I had, I am I rocking the boat here? And by the way, being the dad in a group, you know, I know this is dads on bikes, but really it's, parents on bikes. I, yeah. I just happen to be a dad. Yeah, but I've should. also been a dad at the, where there's 90% women. Yeah. And so it's the mom's group, which is called the mom's group. And that guy over there, me, yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> and so th- I especially sometimes feel outnumbered being, um, a young, you know, father of youngsters. And th- there's some other seasoned veteran parents. And like, is it okay for me to yeah. ask that question. Yeah. And I think that spirit of activism, I think is important, you know, to keep alive and to instill on in our kids that they should be asking questions, they should be speaking up, they should be operating with confidence, um, they should be curious, they should be always considering, you know, is this how it should work? And then watching out for others, which is the whole spirit of a group ride.
1: Yeah, I think I learned a lot of that from, from cycling and these early activism. Uh, like I said, I was always biking on the roads and I was kind of... I thought I was the only one that was biking on the roads for a long period of time. But then you go on these midnight rides and you go on critical mass and then you meet up with other activists and they're a little more aggressive on the road. Not in a bad way. Maybe assertive is a better word. Mm -hmm. Um, They don't they take their lane. Which is a safe which is safe right. to do. It's 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 probably the safest thing to do in some places. Sometimes you gotta yell at a car. Hey, move over. I mean, you know, people are on their phones. You gotta get their darn attention nowadays. So I I think cycling and asserting yourself on the road for your safety, um I think it was a really good lesson for me to learn. I also taught that to my kids, or I just modeled it for my kids. I didn't tell them, look, you gotta yell at cars whenever they're in your face, but you know, I mean it's my safety on the right. line here, so I never really wanted to be that aggressive on the road but it's you sort of learn that as you become a cyclist and then when all of a sudden you start biking with kids you're now a a guardian you're now a shepherd that you are leading this pack of of little things you're like the you know the mama duck and you got all these little ducklings sort of trailing behind you that now if a, you know, if a grizzly bear, a big 2,000-pound metal box comes near you, you got to fight it off somehow. <laughs> and so, you've, you, you gotta, you, I, so I took that sort of assertiveness that mm-hmm. I learned just for my own safety, and now all of a sudden I'm spreading it out to these other people. And they're seeing me do that. They're seeing me being the, the protector, which makes them feel safe, right. which is kind of a nice thing. I mean, biking with my kids on the street has been, I think, a great experience for all of us and i think my wife would probably agree um even though she is very hesitant to do it herself and hesitant to say that streets are safe for kids to bike on i think if you do it in the right spot you're okay you know side streets and not arterial road roads but i think you can do it and i think you can teach kids that it's that it's fun to do that it's a great way to to get places so I think being assertive on the road means right you know kids see you being assertive and then they sort of adopt that same 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 behavior so it's yeah. kind of nice
0: and assertive you know is uh, one of those words that's kind of interesting it kind of has a negative connotation but t- you know to be clear um, you know to influence traffic and to ride confidently means to assert which really means just to communicate clearly where you're going to be and to let others know where they should be someone right. has to take charge there because often there are the motorists that uh, won't make eye contact mm-hmm. And I point at them to let them know. Yeah. I can see you yeah. not seeing me, right, and you know, I'm a big waver. You know, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm looking, and you, I know you can see me. Right. And there's this an anonymity that's being uh, harbored there. But you know, assertiveness, uh, and and I think that in our culture, there's a bit of a shift going on now, with regards to um, you know groupthink, and uh, you know, um, you know brainstorming sessions where, you know should you assert yourself to participate? And the answer is there's a whole lot of training going on right now about the psychology of participating as equals, which means that there's Mm. a lot of folks that need to assert, but they didn't come equipped with the skills of just claiming your space, participating, um, as equals at the table, whatever the conversation is, whether it's at work or, you know, an organization you participate in. But, um, that's where I come back to. I think there's some valuable lessons. Not that we set out to gee, what are some valuable psychological lessons that we can teach our kids at the <laughs> age of four and seven about how to participate in a board meeting, you know, at a company where I'm so, just trying to raise them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to make
1: sure that they stay fed and know that they're loved. I mean that's right. really it. And, yeah.
0: that, and and I think that the um yeah, exactly. And I think that empathy is the outcome that I would think would be the most desirable rather than all of the other things. I just think there are residual benefits but um and and that's where i think that uh as fathers uh on bikes and i hope you're in there taking notes nick
3: mm
1: mm-hmm. mhm <laughs> he's probably got pages of notes we did talk a little bit about <laughs> well we're recording it bikes and yeah we'll yeah, go right. back and listen um, to it and no but take i think that's uh,
0: i think that's one of the things about uh, um, b- dads on bikes and raising kids that uh you know there's a whole lot of benefits um and then sometimes it's us getting out of the way with a lot of our concerns um you know uh, uh with regards to overreacting to the safety issues, I think that we should be operating confidently as fathers, even though I know we've made a lot of mistakes and we'll make a lot of mistakes um but we're modeling confidence, I think is an awesome thing for you us know, to do
2: i i I'm wondering if they make like a roll cage for <laughs> kids' little infants i I can't imagine even the the thing that goes in front between the handlebars at
1: this point because
2: I feel like you know where they face yeah,
1: you in yeah. your. No, they're facing front. They're, they they're facing the you? same way oh. the, 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 the Swiss thing or wha- yeah. that the goes way on right? the, yeah. the top tube. Yeah, they're facing the same way you are. But and it's in between the handlebars. Um, I'll send you a picture of, of one. I'm sure they have a name at this point. They didn't back in 2002 or 2003 when I was l- looking for one. But um, it's basically a seat that straddles the top tube. Little lower than you, and they're looking out straight, just uh, yeah. they're not looking back at you. No, and this is the time that I bought London's first sunglasses, you know, because yeah. I was
0: aware that his little eyes would dry out. And so the, I think a whole lot of thought needs to go in that this isn't us getting a wee ride and then doing a 40 mile and wondering why, you know, his face is chapped. Well, yeah. Because, you know, <laughs> we're this is this is uh, it's important to select the environment um, and to be cognizant of, you know, what the experience is going to be like for. Uh, for, for London or, or, you know, for whoever's in the, in the, in the seat, I think Nick's a little bit away here because your child's not going to be able to sit upright, you know, for a while until you're, I think it's two years for the neck.
1: Hold his neck up. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And
0: so that's why right. the, I think the first, um, this is, and the Wii ride, by the way, doesn't have any neck support. So the, there's some that have a neck support, mm. you know, uh, that, but that's higher up and, you know, covers their head. And, and so I know Nick, so, so Nick, you're already experiencing the, what about, um, yeah. a bubble,
1: yeah, <laughs> which is the big thing we have to overcome because how do we were I protect st- this kid from absolutely everything that's out yeah. there in the environment? Which you're not going to. They're going to fall. They're going to hurt themselves. Mm-hmm. It's just you hope they do it in in a way that doesn't have any lasting consequences.
0: So, uh, quick story. Uh, Alex Negative Thompson uh, used to ride the bike path over in Mar Vista, um, Bayona Creek, every day, mm-hmm. and every day he rode over this stick. Like, day after day after day, there was a stick, and he would ride right over it. And you know how there's some routine and repetition to your ride, and, you know, it's the same tin can. You you try and break on it, you know, and skid that, whatever. You know, so he hits this stick every day. And one day, he hit it, and it flipped up and went through his spoke, locked his front wheel, and um, he (laughs) He paid the country club fees for a dentist. Yeah. You know, so he went (laughs) face. So so my point there is, uh, Nick, I completely understand because I went through this. What if I hit something? Yeah. And here's the deal. Don't hit something. Like, I certainly can pick my environment where I'm not riding potholes, Yeah. where I'm not riding over the same stick for fun. Like, I was not in the, I think I want to skid on tin can mode. Yeah. It's, I want my child to enjoy the wind in his face. Yeah. And I want him to enjoy his new little sunglasses. And I want to find a helmet. By the way, we have so many helmets because there's no chance at all ever I'm gonna have them say my helmet's too tight, too small. It's too small. It's too uncomfortable. We, I, I'm, I've got helmets for, but when they're 15 and 17, I'm already, I've already got their helmets. I, I get them and I try different styles and and different fits. But the point is that uh, I am totally
1: safety first, and I used to be safety second, fun first. Yeah. Um, Yeah, You you ride differently (laughs) when you're with a kid on your bike for sure. Not only is is the balance different. But that you, you get used to if, you know, if you've spent any time riding a bike. But, yeah, I'm not hitting the curbs anymore. Right. Um, I'm looking to go around potholes instead of, like you say, maybe, you know, I'll bunny hop over this <laughs> one. Um, yeah, I think when we had that thing on, on the top tube, the we ride type thing that Steve was, I, I think I probably stayed on sidewalks. Um, probably because I was with my wife too, and it, so it was just sort of a group, and this was in Pasadena at the time where we lived, and there really wasn 't any bike lanes, and we lived on a relatively fast street. so you know you do what you need to do to 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 keep your your little little group safe, and you will adopt a different biking style you 'll slow down um, you'll probably maybe even walk across some intersections, so yeah th- I think those things will just naturally infiltrate your your, your life and your, your style, your riding style.
0: Yeah. The, uh, when I, when I said that we, uh, ride to Sydney's art class, we, um, get off and walk across a couple of intersections. One of them is across a state highway.
2: Yeah. (laughs) You know,
0: like it's, it's a state highway. Yeah. This is a, this is designed for speed. It's designed for capacity and, uh, and it's a big intersection. And so, um, I don't need to be noble. And we don't need to uh, make a statement.
1: Right. We need to get across the street. Right. We're making enough of a yeah. statement. We used to bike from Los Feliz to the Hollywood farmer's market. And there was no good way to do that, right. whether it's Franklin or, or, or Western or wherever we were trying to get across. We were enough of a statement just being a dad with, you know, a big touring bike with some bags and, and two little kids on Spider-Man bikes at the time um, that, yeah, we would walk across plenty of intersections because we wanted to do it safely. Right. And, you know, we wanted to have some fun on our bikes and get there. But and parking there stinks. So we opted for the bike and it worked all around. But um, yeah, we very different ride as if I was doing it on my own. My own, I'd be in the left hand turn pocket, just like I normally would be going to work. But uh, when you're with kids, you know, getting a left hand turn pocket on, you know, going on to Highland isn't quite, you know what you want to be doing you know i don't want to be there with my kids while you know i got fast lanes of traffic right. on my left fast lanes of traffic on my right and you know one of them can fall over one of them can see a penny on the road and want right. to pick it up i mean you know you, you avoid those things i think that any responsible parent, sort of looking out for what might this kid be doing at this point in time that i need to protect them from
0: so so nick if i had anything uh in, in wrapping it up one thing i uh and i appreciate ross's inspiration with uh, all of the Fun kids rides is that we remember that um, for them it's about you know uh, first of all community like you mentioned uh, they all like to skateboard together they all like to ride together they like to have lots of others around and um, and it's it, it's a, it's an awesome opportunity for us to create you know group activity rides um, but also for dads to get together and moms to get together and uh, sort of model and um, offer each other support and also some relief I mean when we have the yeah. group. You know, you mentioned at wit's end, it's so great to be um, when there's others around because they can oftentimes take the lead in keeping a group going so that you get a bit of a break even though you're still there. And so, you know, moving forward, I have a heightened appreciation for all of the fun that we had on group activities, you know, uh, in the past. And so now I'm especially acutely sensitive to it. Uh, In um, our next session of uh, Dads on Bikes, we're going to have Eli Lippman who – is the blogmaster for the um, LA Dads group, and so it's um, it's and by the way, it's it's dads, but it's moms, but he just happens to be a dad, so <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, but uh, so it's it's um, and and by the way, it's it's huge uh, meetups in every flavor you can think of. What is
2: the dads group?
0: It's um, they're they're uh, actually it's a network. It's mul- many cities. And uh, you can log on to um, Eli Littman is the uh, Chief Dad.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think it's fun that they have titles.
1: Almost sounds like an Indian yeah. Like <laughs> When we were kids, there was these things called Indian guides, and there was a you know you, you all had names and right. Native American names. I don't know if those are still around anymore. It's
2: almost redundant, Chief Dad. <laughs> chief Dad. <laughs>
0: but so they ha- they do two things. They have the meetup opportunities. They also have the uh, resources, which are pretty much um, you know uh, us folks um, you know sharing success stories and or problems and or oftentimes just commiserating, sometimes just uh, sharing without having anyone solve it for you is all that we needed. Yeah, was just so a, it's a community. Yeah. yeah. And so that sense of, um, you know, uh, community that is um, it's the L.A. Uh, LA dad's. And so Eli is going to be uh, with us uh, the next time we do the bikes. Uh, Dad's on bikes. He is from the we- um, west side, and uh, they have a little bike rodeo every year. Oh,
2: cool!
0: And um, because and this is what I, this is the thing I love about uh, you know Jimmy and the and the Bicycle Kitchen folks is you know their their uh, objective was to get people on bikes. Yeah. And I love that uh, Eli's uh, program is to get the kids on the bikes. Yeah. And I think that um, and Alex brought this up, you know, in the uh, um. Alex, about ten years ago, had a manifesto for bike activists, and one of his things was you got to get' them started early, yeah, like straight up that bike activism isn't you know something that the uh the adults should have all of the fun
1: that's what we were trying to do with with the midday riders and there was and you just reminded me there was another group out there called kidical Mass <laughs> that started I want to say Seattle or somewhere north it could have yeah. been Portland um and I was thinking about starting like a chapter here because I wanted kids, I wanted to start right. them early, like you said, indoctrinate them early well, into we have, this.
2: We have it in Santa Monica, you know. It's, uh, it's done by Spoke, I think.
1: Uh, a, a kid's... critical Mass. A, there is a Kittical Mass. There was not one when I was looking at it, which is why we went and started all these other rides. But that's awesome that, um, yeah. that, that they're around. Kid, I love the, the, the mm-hmm. concept of it. Let's get kids out riding together.
0: So perhaps our new movement is going to be, um, you know, if, if in looking back, you know, years ago, we looked at ourselves and thought that we're a movement, perhaps uh, the next opportunity to look back and see a movement is mm. going to be uh, us uh, getting uh, our kids raising out riding. The next generation. Ra- yeah, raising the next generation of confident city cyclers. Yeah. So, um, so, Nick, I, I think we're about at about the time we should be wrapping it up. I just want to say thanks to... Um, to Ross for uh, joining us and for regaling us with uh, some of your exploits, and, and also so, uh, talking
1: about the old days, talking reminiscing about the, the future days for Nick <laughs> and, and, and others situated similarly.
0: Yeah, and for inspiring. Um, you know, I enjoyed uh, our earlier conversations as well. You know, uh, with your uh, telling me about your boys, and uh, you know, mine are four and seven. And sometimes we are so much in the moment, yeah, that it's um, it's rewarding to hear. Uh, your journey and your accomplishments as a father and your, your family's accomplishments. And uh, also to hear about what it feels like to have uh, your first uh, son off in college Leave home. Yeah, Yeah, that's
1: a, it's a big step. Nick, you're a ways away from that, but um, uh, yeah, having your, your, your firstborn leave the house to go to college is, is a big deal. Um, There, there were many tears, like I told you, um, it's 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 bittersweet. Let's put yeah. it that way. It's 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 happy and it's rejoiceful, but it's also your baby's leaving home, which yeah. is which is very emotional.
0: And I do remember the day my dad dropped me off at uh, college.
1: Oh, you remember that? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: It's p- the only thing I remember from college. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so, very different for it, me.
1: I packed up. I had a Volkswagen Scirocco. I I had a Volkswagen Scirocco's worth of worldly possessions. Yeah. Packed it all in there and waved to my mom and, and drove off. Only now do I realize. Wow, she must have really been feeling some powerful feelings when I was her firstborn, leaving to go to UC San Diego. It's funny how you as a parent now can sort of put yourself back in, in your as a child's shoes and what your parents must have have thought at, at various times mm. in, in your life, which is kind of fun. So I can, of course, recount that story to my mother. And I said, boy, you, you must have felt pretty weird when I just sort of packed my stuff and drove away. And her response was, oh, do you think? <laughs> do, you re- do you really? Yeah. <laughs> it took you 20 years to finally feel that, uh, you know, what it was like for me to, to say goodbye to my baby. Uh, kind of Such fun. an
0: amazing school you went to also. I went to UCSD for a couple of years. Hmm. But uh, San Diego is an amazing place. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh,
1: I'd like to get that back down there soon. Uh, up here, there's some amazing skate parks, too. Uh, so we're going to probably have a skate trip down there. Cool,
0: cool. Uh, cool. Yeah. All right, so thanks, Ross. Uh, Nick, thanks for uh, hosting us here and uh, at Bike Talk. As always, it's uh, fun to be here with you, and we look forward to our next opportunity to talk about Dads on Bikes.
2: Thanks for listening to this episode of Bike Talk. If you want to hear more, go to kpfk.org, navigate to programs, and choose Bike Talk. On the Bike Talk page, click on the archives link to play or download shows posted in the last four months. Go to biketalk.com and copy or click on the RSS link to subscribe. Our Twitter handle is biketalkpfk. On Facebook, we are Bike Talk. You can become friends and join our group.